Hi everybody, this is Michael Raparez, host of Game Apocalypse, and you might notice that this is not how we typically start our shows. This is because after the events of this week, doing one of our regular shows just didn't feel right. So what we did instead was we invited friend of the show, Travis LeVar Foster, for something more informal, and that quickly turned into a conversation about riots and police violence and what it means to be black in today's America. There's very little talk about video games this week, at least up until around the two-hour mark, where we do start talking about some new releases and some news and community answers, but there's no top five, there's no music, there's just a conversation that we thought we really needed to have. We'll be back next week with our regular format, uh, and we've got some great shows ahead, but in the meantime, you've been warned, it's a little different this week, it's going to get real political real fast, so here we go. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 370 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Fuck Fascism Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical, horrible show for a horrible week studio? President of all lives, Chris Antista. <laughs> Matthew Allen, Black Lives Matter. And special guest. I literally don't give a shit about racists. I'm uh, not here to call to you anymore. I am T.L. Fuck that. I am Travis LeVar Foster. <gasps> fuck that shit. No. I, I'm mad and I don't give a fuck anymore. Attaboy. <laughs> He's tired of the matter. racist taking over his name. He's retired of the racist owning Travis. You know, he's taking so, it back. We're, we're taking I don't Travis think I've back. ever... I don't think I ever said why I started going by TL, right? Like, other than doing, like, the pretentious writer thing is, like, I wanted to... Like, TL's a good writer name, but... Uh, one of these piece of shit like uh white nationalists was named Travis, the Waffle House shooter, right? Mm, the white right. dude who was shooting up the Waffle. His name was Travis, and I was like, I can't do this. I can't keep on having my name like tied with white supremacists, so I'll just go by TL. But fuck that. I'm Travis is my name, uh, and fuck that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to who take cares that, that back. It, it <laughs> typically belongs alongside a blonde mullet and a molester mustache. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a less blonde Joe Exotic usually is in yeah. Travis. <laughs> but it is it is nice that it's counterbalanced by you have one of the blackest, coolest middle names with Lavar. Like, come mm. on, that is a fucking yeah. dope middle name. I well, I mean, that, that was that was supposed to be my my mom's a huge Lavar Burton fan. Uh, her favorite uh... movie of all time is Roots. Uh, so my name was supposed to be Lavar, and then like one of her stories came on, and there was a character that came in named Travis. And she's like, oh, I'll just use that name. So I met LeVar Burton once. That was a proud moment. <laughs> I never want to meet LeVar Burton. Same shit happened to me. I've told that boring story on a million podcasts. I was uh, supposed to have a different name, but my doctor didn't show up. So my parents named me after the random doctor who delivered me. Huh. And I, I became Chris Antista instead of what was originally supposed to be Darnell Lamont Antista. And, <laughs> that would have been weird. Been awesome. <laughs> Italians, man. I mean, no, Chris, it's a good old-fashioned Italian name. Christopher uh, so, is a shit name. Who would have Christopher in their name? That's just awful. It's yeah. terrible. So it's my I, middle name. I, 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 it was almost my name, too. That, that's just true of our generation. Dude, Easy John Jacob Jingleheimer 70s, Schmidt. Early 80s. Chris, Chris are either born Chris or Michael. Yeah, I was. Uh, the, the reality of that... Sub, like substitute the fake name. I was supposed to be a Michael. Oh, Jesus. well, I mean, that's <laughs> we've told the joke among the three of us before. Is we are the perfect representation of when we were born because it's like Ma Michael, Matthew, and Chris were like the most popular three names when around well, when we were all born. I, so. I want to say something as we get started. So I'm sure I don't need to tell everybody. It's been a fucking catastrophic week. I spent the weekend. 
just looking at Twitter. I was so hungry for information, I actually watched cable news to see watered-down versions of the stuff I was already seeing on Twitter. I tried to come up with a topic for this week, and I went through a couple of possibilities, started working on one of them, which I'll probably save for a later week, and it just all felt so fucking tawdry and inappropriate and wrong. And I mean, the, the rest of the industry is basically going radio silent this week because it doesn't seem appropriate to talk about entertainment. But I mean, I, I, I have I have seen Michael record under any condition in any time <laughs> of night. And this is the closest we've ever gone to like, I just can't. And it would yeah. really it really I don't know, like it really bugged me to see because the same thing happened to me as an early recording this week where I'm just standing in my living room watching my television holding her hand like it's the last scene in fight club and and things are are a little more optimistic now in my opinion hopefully they are by the time well, you the, hear this. the further we get away from that ridiculous bible stunt the better and i'm sorry i try to keep this show apolitical because it's supposed to be entertaining it's supposed to be fun but this just isn't that kind of week yeah and i want to say uh, normally we would like give a caveat or be like hey if you're you know if you're maybe on the conservative side don't listen to this i i don't want to say that this time it's like look you're gonna hear some hard truths but we actually want you folks to stick around and listen i'm personally i can't speak for the others i'm gonna try not to just blatantly trash you the whole time but it's like Mm. no i want I, I want no you to thing. hear what we have to say. I want you to hear what TL has to say. That's one yeah. of the reasons we're doing this show. But, but I think, and it, it was it was my it was my push. It's not a normal week. We don't want to record, yeah. and you don't get a normal show. And that's the best way possible. I think we agreed upon. I'm not. I don't want to put words in any of your mouths that we could show solidarity to the Black Lives Matter movement uh, without not doing anything entirely. Yeah. It, things aren't normal things aren't right so you don't get a normal and right show yeah yeah it's it's just gonna be weird and bad and uh I, yeah I, the point i wanted to I make disagree. was that 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 rushing at the cameras that that bible stunt that was when mm-hmm. i was supposed to be coming up with an idea and researching and grabbing sounds and doing all the stuff i normally do and i was like this is the beginning of fascism in america and i mm-hmm. can't i just can't i it it I, I had this feeling of like when I was a kid and I'd get into to trouble and I'd sit there and I was in a mood where I'd be looking around my room at my toys and thinking, these are the dumbest things I've ever seen. I hate them. I want to destroy them all. That's kind of how I felt about the games I was playing in that moment. I couldn't enjoy them. It was like ash in my mouth. Mm. So that's where we are. And um, yeah, and. We wanted to talk about. It. We wanted to hear from TL, and uh, I, d- I don't know. This is going to be a recorded show. I don't think we would have recorded unless TL wanted to. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> if you'd bowed out, we would have been like, "Fuck it, we're not doing this." Fuck week. it. Yeah, I, no, I, I definitely did. Um, I, I, I just want to raise some names real quick. I just want to read some names real quick. Okay. Um, Eric Gardner, John Crawford III, Michael Brown, Ezeal Ford, Dante Parker. Michelle uh, Castro. I'm sorry if I say names wrong. I apologize. I'm very upset. Laquan McDonald, George Mann, Tanisha Anderson, Akai Garley, Tamir Rice, Roman Brisbane, Jermaine Reed, Matthew Ajabe, Franklin, uh, sorry, Frank Smart, Natasha McKinney, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill, Maya Hall, Philip Wright, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, William Chapman II, Alexa Christian, Brendan Glenn, Victor Manuel La Rosa, 
Jonathan Sanders. These are names. These are names that have not came up this week. These are names that have been systematically murdered, murdered by a police force, right? And I, I, there's no other way for me to say that. And I, and I, and I, 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 my dander is coming back up. I have just been. I'm tired. I, I put it on my Facebook. My mom, t- my mom, texts me. She goes like, "Why are you, why are you tired?" And I was like. I'm just tired. How many times do I have to watch television or I have to see something and see someone who looks like me just get murdered? And our only response is, well, you know, they're cops. And this is where well, this is what happens. And I and I I I, I, I want to preface this. If this if what I say to you this episode, if you listen to this episode and you're like, well, I think you're being too mean or you have anything like this, I literally don't give a shit. I literally – and I, I <laughs> my camera's not working because I want people to look at me in the face. But I don't give a fuck. Uh, we have now reached a point where it has – there has to be a change. And thankfully it looks like there is a change. I think that we have gone to an age where we have so much information now that people who may not have dealt with this forever you know, are like, wait, what's going on? But it, 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 it's just so – it's so mind-boggling to me that when I graduated high school, that was in 2004. It's almost coming on 20 years, right? Graduated high school, my dad had a very long conversation with me because I told him I wanted to see Roots. And the reason I wanted to see Roots, I'd never seen it before. And I felt like, well, that's something I should watch, right? It's a, it's black history. It's something I should see. And my dad's like, you don't need to watch Roots. Let me tell you what I have to go through every day. My dad was born in Foley, Alabama, which is a small city outside of Mobile. Um, my dad who I've never had to ask for anything. So I, I don't live a, a pro, impoverished black life. I lived a, a, a life of never needing anything. My dad had to go miss school to pick pecans to buy a coat. My aunt was in the first um, – she was in the first segregated class of Foley, Alabama High School. That was in 1969. That was four years after – the Civil Rights Act was moved for segregation, right? Um, mm-hmm. My uncle, while in school, was expelled because a kid, after seeing Roots, and if you have to bleep this, I, I, you know, I understand, but he, a kid, went and said, after watching Roots, grabbed a knife, grabbed my uncle by his hair, put his, uh, a blade to his scalp, and said, I'm going to show you how to really skin a nigger. Uh, you know, at the school, and my uncle oh, defended fuck. himself and got and got expelled. This was in the 70s. I'm not telling you something happening in the 50s. So would I say I have a very low tolerance for racist? Would I have a very low tolerance for pushing things through? This is where I'm at. So now we get to see this thing. We see a man. We see a, a, a man who got choked to death, who someone laid on his – laid their knee on his neck for nine minutes and no, and like it took them forever for anything to start happening. Yes, this it absolutely it pushed something, and it pushed something in me. And now we have to talk about how we move forward, right? Yeah. And I'm in a better space to talk about how we move forward because we do have to address how we don't allow a lot of black people into our spaces. Because if there were black people who were more commonly in your YouTube spaces, that were more commonly in your IGN, your game spots, your different big uh, places. I think it would resonate with gamers a lot more. I think we have to start talking about allowing these people, allowing more black people in your everyday life. That way you can you can humanize and, 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 and uh, realize that we are human beings too. Because I think when the Eric Gardner stuff happened in 2014, mm-hmm. it, it was the first start of like, okay, we're all seeing this on the internet. 
but like it may have just been like, well, this is a one-off thing. I think this the reason why everything is happening now is coming on the surface is like we've been through this cycle before and a lot more white people and i'm just going to be completely honest a lot more white people are seeing what happened to george floyd is something that happens over and over and over again i mean just this year we had of we've had two black people murdered in their homes by police cops we've had black people murdered for running like i'm afraid to go running because we had something in Georgia, something that's not even like two or three hours away from me. Hometown shout out. What up, Tony? <laughs> Jesus. Like uh, it, it's 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 so we, we had we had an unarmed uh, uh, black man shot in our hometown during yeah. all this and was completely overshadowed by how fucking egregious and awful the George Floyd incident was. Yeah. Tony, Mc, Tony McDade, uh, yeah. a black trans man while we're in pride shot yeah. dead. You know, yeah. like it it's. It's so like it's just like I'm tired and it sucks and but I'm pushing forward because I feel like and and I said this earlier this year when we did the Black History Month thing I have a platform it's time for me to use my platform now it's time for me to use my platform I don't if you are if you are willing to come this ride with me come with this ride with me if you're not say it say it to me say it like oh wait I don't believe I believe all lives matter all right, cool. I don't need to pay attention to you anymore. I don't need to work with you anymore because you don't get it. And it's a, it's about time. Everyone is adults. It's it's time for this. You don't get it bullshit anymore. You have to see what's happening. And that's the thing that I, I really want to get across. It's like you have to see what's happening. And I, yeah. I just want to get across. I feel um, – and uh, wow, real terrible time for a plug, but on 302010 this week. <laughs> Is the 20th anniversary of Bruce Springsteen writing a song about the police shooting an unarmed person 41 times? Oh, yeah. Yes. Bruce Springsteen's fans turn on and It's like, it's just one of those things that like seemed like isolated incidents. And I, I, part of this is, is me atoning for how late I was to arrive at this, a similar, I, I can't reflect the same way TL can, but, um, you you would t- people like you would tell me things like this and i wasn't really listening and it's okay to come around late yeah it's it, it, that's that's all i'm saying like it like do not get defensive um if you feel like people are attacking you for not understanding immediately i came around late too and i feel like it's all too recently it just became something i can't i try and be silent about a lot of my opinions on social media and these shows but um I, I like I just this is a little too much for me and this uh I I don't know like I, you I, you guys know I don't I don't really I like to allude to these things but I don't really like to talk about them yeah. it's deeply uncomfortable because then I have to acknowledge my own faults as a human being and and but it is okay to come around late and I encourage anybody who's ever given a thought to all a phrase like all lives matters to do the exact hmm. same thing it's not too late uh, to come around and like it is, it, it's vaguely glorious to see how many people have this time around. Mm-hmm. If George Floyd died for anything, it does seem to have awoken more people than I've ever seen than any of these situations ever. Everybody, things that that happened in Ferguson felt like both sides, blah blah blah. And this is just like, no. If if you're on the other side, you're crazy. And it's not just my perspective. It does. My local police department Mm -hmm. agreed. Mm -hmm. 
by the way, for the my local community service is calling out myths on Antifa, like fake tweets saying they're going to white neighborhoods to take your shit. <laughs> because there's a lot of that going yeah. around, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is fake stuff, and some of it is actually from white supremacists. Yeah. Prove it, provably. Well, I, I feel like and, one thing that should be addressed, that, that phrase, all lives matter. I mean, I see people every once in a while saying, how do you argue with the phrase, like, all lives matter? And it's one of those things that's like, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking in bad faith. When, when you say all lives matter, other people hear black lives don't matter or all lives matter equally. Therefore, I don't have to care about the black ones. Mm. But mm. if a community I, I, is saying we are being disproportionately targeted by police, we are being disproportionately yeah. killed in ways that you never would be, uh, then pay attention. I, I, I know, man. I frustratingly <laughs> saw a, a, a kind of a apolitical slash insensitive white fella say like oh why didn't they call it black lives matter too right and like and like you're you're sort of right but it's also like it does imply you weren't paying attention to what this was Mm -hmm. reflecting and and that you refused to and i i feel like i might have been guilty of some of that as well because I, I, it was a comfortable. I was a subject that was too uncomfortable to broach on any of our podcasts. Yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot of good metaphors of to describe it. Is sometimes that it's like um, the comparison would be like if you break an arm and you go to the doctor and you say, "Hey, my my right arm's broken." He doesn't look at you and say, "Well, all bones matter." He he treats the mm. broken thing. And when people are saying Black Lives Matter, it's because the system is broken and they are being treated like their lives don't matter. So we're trying to address the issue the thing that is broken so that we can yeah. get to a place but where all lives matter you know equally yeah. it's, it's like they're saying arm bones matter and you're like well i can't walk around on just my arms yeah. like well see and the, the thing is the thing that the thing that i always i always express i always like kind of look into it is like if you're a poor white person you could you could definitely feel like well i never got any kind of uh, bonuses i'm not part of the 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 bourgeoisie right i'm not part of that like i am a poor white person i had to scratch to get everything you know that moved forward but like for people who think like that i i want to i want to i want to take you back in the wayback machine three weeks ago when every fucking hillbilly hick ran into every fucking state house (laughs) with their ar-14s and demanded demanded that they opened up so they go get their hair cut they can get their nails done I want Gold's Gym open now! <laughs> I need to go and eat at a Tony Robbins, or I need to go to a fucking, eat at a fucking Applebee's. And what did the police do? Nothing. They nothing. just sat, they sat there and they were like, I understand. Right. I feel you. I got you. When people are protesting lives being forfeited, that's when the police have a big problem. That's when the president has to, basically issue martial law and that's when you have to realize it is a bigger people will, thing to extend it we, people without <laughs> assault rifles yeah. people peacefully protesting are getting yeah. assaulted and and thrown in jail whereas these well, were people these were white men with guns going into state capitals to travis's point or tl's point or tl of our <laughs> point i forget we're gonna call you for the rest of the show i'm gonna call you travis. turbo bison because that's how i uh if you think about the lockdown protests, which, by the way, have roots in white supremacy, look it up. The Guardian did their research. Um, 
if one of those protesters walked in demanding their freedom with a gun and got shot, you can easily see how, uh, I don't know, out-of-touch white person is like, oh, imagine the optics. And I think Black Life Matters is here is like, well, this happens every day. Mm. <laughs> every time we try and uh, – there's no way to protest, to defend yourself, to vote this mm. away. And everything that has been tried has not worked. And when people try and rile you up like this is – this rioting and looting is unbelievable. Like what else – do they it, well have. it goes beyond what has yeah. been tried and it I, goes I, it's they've been told not to protest a certain way like everyone was right. so pissed How off to protest colin kaepernick was peacefully taking a knee where he had a public platform yes. and he How was dare and he disrespect he was torn down for so that if, if somebody got shot at a lockdown protest can you imagine how much that would be on the news and i think and i'm not speaking on behalf of black people but it's just like if that would have happened the the irony would have been disgusting. Mm-hmm. We would have we would have heard everything that we hear about like the 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 very soft soft racism we hear about black people all the time. Like if 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 black people would have came with weapons. Um, also remember, uh, uh, Philippe Castillo uh, basically basically forfeited his life for being a legal gun owner yeah. and telling the cops he had a gun. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. let's go ahead and throw that one out the out the out the window. But if they would have came with guns. Do you can you believe black people would assault our government like this? Mm-hmm. How yep. dare this radical yep. black this radical black movement yep. continue to to push forward their agenda instead of working with the police cops? Um, I'm glad you guys brought up uh, um, Colin Kaepernick because yep. I, I've seen a lot of people get really hand wringy about. Um, the right way of protesting, right? What's the right mm-hmm. way of protesting? Don't don't loot your own areas. And I, I want to state this. I am not, and I'm not doing this to be like a both sides. I am not a huge fan of looting and rioting in our own areas because, hey, that's our areas. Where do you go? However, mm-hmm. I will never condemn it. Um, Martin Luther King, because people, that's the, that's the thing people like to do is they like to quote Martin Luther King. Martin Luther mm-hmm. King said that rioting is the voice of the voiceless, right? It's the voice of the yes. unheard. Um, and uh, also Martin Luther King said silence is the path to hell. So I want to, I'm going to come back to that one. Bam. But um, the, 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 the fact that we can't kneel because Colin Kaepernick was a son of a bitch. He didn't care about the flag when he kneeled mm-hmm. about this same injustice. So we can't hey, kneel. Hey, hey TL, what happens, what happens when black people try and vote? Oh, oh, <laughs> when they try to vote, you mean when they try to take away their rights to vote? Uh, yeah, like they did, they did in Georgia last, like last election. <laughs> the, the, like, in Georgia where they stole an election from a black official who would have, who would have been the governor if they did not steal the election from her. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we legally legally won the right for uh people in the state of florida to 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 get the vote if they've been uh convicted of a uh you know convicted of a crime which is proportionately more black black americans and they've done everything in this state to stymie that vote that was legally voted for like so we can't vote we can't protest what the fuck are you supposed to do right. that's the thing every, that i, every I don't time we get see one of these what things are you like supposed it's... to do it's, and even I think white like black people white people say, eh, what are you gonna do? And black people are like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm finally meshing the two frustrations I, together. And I don't care how many Apple stores get burned down in the process. I can, really so don't. can I throw out another MLK it, quote that talks about 
so, so what people sometimes forget is those quotes they they throw out. That was kind of earlier in his career, and it was by '68 when he was about to be killed. By the way, he was a peaceful protester, and he got shot. So okay, there's that. But um, he has a quote where he goes even further. He says. Over the last few years, I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizens council or the Ku Klux Klan, Klanner, but the white moderate who is more devoted, this is the key point, more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I can't agree with your methods of direct action who paternalistically feels he can set the timetable for another man's freedom who lives by the myth of time and who constantly advises the negro to wait until a more convenient season like bam it's all right there like don't tell these people how they should be angry don't tell the please for basic civility are nothing more than cries for the status quo from the people who Mm -hmm. benefit from it and 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 I'm si- I'm done with that, and I I am totally, totally guilty of that. By the way, yeah, totally. I mean, so I, <laughs> this is when I I I I do the thing where I praise the show I've been on. Um, I do want to thank you guys. I've so I have full That's disclosure. All I wanted to hear. <laughs> Coming <laughs> yeah. up next, a sponsor. But no, 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 <laughs> no. But so <laughs> when Chris when Chris moved back, like because I I always like I I've known I've known. I've known Chris now for almost 10 years, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. been 10 years since that shitty Land Before Time joke thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, we you know, should just watch We're Back Together and just. I, like, I, you don't know how badly I want to do that. It's such a good movie. Um, <laughs> but when Chris moved back to Tallahassee, like, he's, you know, he came, he's like, hey, you should, we should. We should talk about this wife flirtation thing. And you came to me, and that's that's the thing. And, and, and I want to move forward into this point because, again, I, I think visibility is a big thing. Um, and I want to praise you guys for two things. One, like I said, Chris came to me and he was like, "Hey, I want to do this wife flirtation episode." I don't know, like, I don't know how much you've been in it, and I also feel weird about asking you about it. But I thought that was very important because you went and asked me. You reached out and said, "Oh, hey, there's something I want to do." And I know we we're supposed to have another black person on the show. Uh, but to me, it was very important that you reached out to me and said, hey, this is what I want to do. I don't know, you know, how do you feel about that? And I was like, cool. And then when Black History Month happened and you guys, you know, you asked me to be on and I asked very frankly, I was like, well, we need to have more black voices on. Mm-hmm. And you guys said that like, OK, yeah, let's do that. Let's move forward and do that. And that's the thing. We have to start normalizing black people it's not just we can't just get mad when this stuff happens and then next week go on and then tiger team tiger king 2 happens so we literally forget everything that we've done this call and i i'm i want to thank every games outlet and there's some i'm about to blister the fuck out of so i <laughs> so it's 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 coming so i i want i want to be here like i'm not i'm finna not I'm, I'm about to not make friends and this is all me i will take responsibility for what i say on T, uh, Travis Whatever. Foster, Pl- T.L. Foster. Plug but- the giant bomb appearance. They're the ones who are going to be around in five years. <laughs> uh, but, and I am, thankfully, thank you, Abby Russell. Uh, I am going to be on Giant Bomb, or going to be a part of Abby Russell's stream on Friday, uh, which is great. I love that. And I love the fact that you guys gave me a platform. And that's what we have to start doing. We have to start demanding more platforms from these game companies. It's so great that everyone did that Black Square thing, which was kind of fucked up as you looked at it. But it's so great everybody did the Black Square, or you say Black Lives Matter. 
Start promoting your more black people in but more black people in positions of power. When you have these press conferences, when we get at E3 again, whenever that happens, we have to see more black people on stage. Mm-hmm. We have to see more black women in tech spaces. We have to see more black men in tech spaces. We have to be able to see more black people as they happen because if that is if that happens and we get more black people, then your audience can look and say, oh hey. Well, this is a black person. Why is this happening to them? I am outraged. Kind of funny. Um, people like to shit on Greg Miller because Greg Miller is Greg Miller, right? Um, but kind of funny went out and they went and hired a black person. And they have done such a great job with getting diverse black voices on their on their outlet. And I definitely want to give them props as well uh, as I give this show. Um, just because like that is something that's very key. Um, but then we see shit like... What Dan Stapleton said, Dan Stapleton from IGN, and I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm not, I don't know Dan really Stapleton from, from, from the next room, but for him to say like, well, we would hire more minorities, they would apply. That is the most bullshit ass thing to ever hear as someone who busts their ass from 2010 to 2017 trying to get anywhere writing articles for everyone again thank you chris for a cartoon christmas one of the first people that published me right i tried to bust my ass to go i I love free work (laughs) (laughs) but i tried to bust my ass to go anywhere right and there, nothing for that. there were no there was no opportunities. And that's the thing. We can't just see these things happen and then be like, OK, yes, we see this and move forward. We have to start ingratiating and pushing more black people in our spaces. And it's great that people write a that people do a, 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 a post and do a black, you know, do a black, um, uh, a black little post on there. People go through. But you actually have to start valuing black people as part of your thing. I, I can, promise can I- you. It's not. It's not going to be negative if you do that. Can I like the thing I, I, I'd like to chime in on because like I'm not the best um, soapboxer and I'm not mm. the best. Uh, I, I don't lead a lot by example. I don't think. I don't think I deserve any credit for that. But mm. one of the things I've always a- advocated is diversity isn't about forced diversity or anything like that. Um, I don't think even liberal institutions talk about the benefits of diversity, but it's all over the place. Like the Oscars are more interesting. Spider-Man is better. Music rules when you, when you bring more people and different voices into things. When I operated exclusively in San Francisco and I deserve some blame for not having more diverse voices on the show, but that's not a diverse city. And and it is, it's, it's not. And so when I moved back to Florida, it's like, dude, I can have, I cannot wait to have people like TL on the show on a regular basis because we mostly like to record in person and not remotely. Um, just because, like, at some point, like, my perspective is dull. I can't, t- I, like, just talking about a movie like Shaft, does it really matter what my opinion is as opposed to, like, you talking about the Mac, TL, is like a perspective I can never recreate. Those are the benefits of diversity. Perspectives. I, I got to disagree right. with you. So, so I would say San Francisco is a diverse city, but it's also very easy to stay in your bubble. Thoroughly disagree. So like, it's stratified. There, there are, there are tons of, of neighborhoods that, that are – there's Hispanic neighborhoods. There's black neighborhoods. There's Asians. There's there's white people. It's it's but – There are not black neighborhoods in San Francisco. Disagree. <laughs> uh, but, well, the thing is what I was, I was trying to say though is like it's very – 
San Francisco is it's very like Michael said stratified. It's easy to kind of stay in your bubble yeah. and and I pay mean, lip service. There are black neighborhoods, but you know, you, you go out to to oh, Bayview. No, sorry, what I meant. Point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I I was try, I was taking uh, the blame I want to take there is because in order to get more people of color, and I don't. It's like I I'm not thinking of color. I'm thinking of perspectives and things that make the show inherently more interesting. But my point, I get That's you. That's what I'm my point of. is like I'm being selfish. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But it, it it would have required me to reach out to people I right. don't know. That was hard. But like I think that's what TL has been. You've been like rather elegantly pushing all week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, like, we like like find a black creator. Yeah. Like, tell there, your there's actually you an like article them. I posted right. on the official Laser Time community uh, um, under the Laser Time alias. Uh, that that is, it's like. Uh, 70 things or something or 75. I think there's, it's, it's a super long article. It's like things you can do as a white person to be an ally. And it includes stuff like TL saying like seek out black creators. Uh, see, you know, there's a whole list. So if you're like, if you don't necessarily want to go to the protest, if you're afraid for your safety, and, and I would understand why, if you'd be afraid for your safety, uh, or if you just, you have to work or whatever it is and you can't go, but you do want to do something, there's, there's an entire article full of stuff. Just try to do like one a day or one every couple days. Just do something rather than just what I would hate to see with this whole thing is what always happens whenever we have crises in this country is just everyone pays a lip service to it, thoughts and prayers, and then we move on. And I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. No, I, I think it's, 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 it's equally important to speak out to like um, white people who feel terrible and power and, and like equally powerless. Like what the fuck am I supposed to mm-hmm. do about this? And, and, and that's why I'm kicking myself because it's not that like I'm afraid to reach out but like what TL was describing, like I don't want to do a token thing and right. like contact someone cold and like I want you on, I I want your perspective, but I don't just want you on. Yeah, black. That's, I want that's your fucking perspective. I, I, I never want someone to feel like they're invited on just because they're black, yeah, or because they're whatever. Like just we we want we want you because we value your perspective. We value what you can bring to the table. Right, and it, it, and I totally I totally understand that, and I get that, and that's why I I do. So the the thing, and I and I seen because again, blessing, uh, blessing Doye who works for kind of funny, right? Uh, blessing, he he did the whole thing where he's like, you know, he called out. He was the first person I saw who posted the Dan Stapleton thing, right? So mm. I don't want to say I saw it originally. It was because from Blessing's end. Um, but you know, he said like, hey, we need to. He was like, we need to have more black creators on stuff. And someone replied to him, which was the perfect thing. It can't be the Rolodex problem. So the Rolodex problem used to be like, you can't really call black people because there's not a Rolodex. So if you're in my Rolodex, I could call you. You, We have to actively be seeking mm-hmm. out different diverse voices. This is one of the things like – one of the things I'm, I'm really great with like from the podcast that I've done, I've never had a majority white male – protective voice not to shit on white males or anything like no that shit on us. but i wanted to have hey, different, hey, hey. <laughs> i wanted to have different voices right so we have someone like kayla kayla who's tremendous who was a female who would have never gotten any any pull and then like i started doing my fresh print show sonya and, and i got sonya ballantyne sonya ballantyne is such a, a just a genius one she's a she's a tremendous speaker she's a she's a tedx speaker she's a film director she is like she is way more talented than i would ever be but she's already at a eight she's behind the eight ball because she's a native canadian woman Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like 
putting those voices out there and doing that, like like you said, it has to be organic. It has to be searching for these people that don't get a a regular voice to go out there right. and move and, forward. Yeah, she's not native, um, like I've, she's, she's was, not like was, a Quebecer. She, like, she's uh, she's indigenous, right? She's from the she's part of the Cree, right? Cree, yeah, Cree tribe. Yeah. And, and, and yes. In, in terms in terms of, of of ignorance to Black Lives Matter, I think part of me wanted to excuse that, like that's just America, and like certain things that like Sonia has talked about, and I tell things like our friends Kyle Post that like it's not because like they're like in Canada, Indigenous people are subject to a lot of the same shit as Black people are in America. Yes, yes, yes. Black people and, are also subject I did, I to t- a lot of the same shit in Canada. <laughs> Well, I, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I was yes. making that joke with you guys. But I've I, been it, playing. Dude, no- that's a, that's a problem I wasn't aware of until twenty twenty, and and so like part of my biggest problem with all conservatives is because, especially right now, and especially the really hard right followers who are basically just sports fans who don't want to learn anything and want a, just want a relaxing, comfortable, uncomplicated life, is that they've adopted listening to things that justify everything that makes their life comfortable. Mm. And and I, I I don't like to feel complicit in that. Am I being crazy? No, I'm not, sorry. I, like, I, crazy I don't want to interrupt you're anybody. Being... No. I, I like that's 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 how I feel. Like I I, I talked to so many people this week because I did exclusively focused on yelling at people I grew up with for saying things I thought were amplifying racism mm. because I've never done that before. I've never I've never stepped in to do that. I found Personally, I found even with my social media and podcast presence, it doesn't make it doesn't help me to just yell and have two people fight it out. If I'm just locally on your in your community talking to you, that's what I did this week. And I saw a lot. I saw a lot of people bristle and I saw a lot of people like racist. Like when you call something racist, TL has to know this better than anybody. It shuts people down because the, Mm -hmm. the beauty of 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 where we are right now is like everybody, even white supremacists, know that racism is bad. Right, and even Klan members will be like, "It's not racism; it's this other." Yeah, which thing. what do they think like, racism is? If the Klan says they're right. not racist, what do they think racism is? Well, right, the, there's the, been a, a giant, allowed white conversation to explain away the basics mm-hmm. of racism. Right, and. I, no, sorry. I, I no, just no, wanted it, to raise it, a random question. Do, sorry, you think, do you think mm-hmm. political commentators ever get people on Twitter saying "stick to politics" when they like have a <laughs> controversial opinion about Pac-Man? I, uh, it, it, <laughs> as, as a salute to people, no one ever says "stick to racism." <laughs> right. like, st- I'm sorry. Well, it, like it's no, no, no. Uh, so, like, so in two folds on that. Um, you're absolutely right, Chris. Like, it's it's the biggest thing. the The worst thing you could tell a white person is that they're racist. Mm. Right? right, like real, like realistically, you could say the uh, most awful shit to a white person. As soon as you're a racist, wait, hold on, I'm not a racist. I do yeah. X, Y, and Z. And I, I get um, that. I get that. It's kind of terrifying to be called racist. But what yeah. you have to understand is that this is not necessarily a condemnation. They are not saying you are a racist person and therefore irredeemable. They're saying what, like you're saying, what you just did is racist. Mm-hmm. And, right. and maybe don't do that. Yes. Maybe think about what you said. Yeah, because they're, sometimes they're just pointing now, out there's so much casual racism that we're just not even aware of that it's like sometimes, yeah, it is literally just you You were just racist right there. And it's not yeah, a it condemnation. It can be a condemnation because there are horrible fucking racists out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes it is right. a condemnation. But not everyone is irredeemable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say, I would say like 
if you're more upset about being called racist and doing racist shit, mm. you, maybe you need to look at yourself in the mirror and realize why you're there. But you can always get better. So yeah. no, that, that's what I, that's what I realized. <laughs> that, I swear to Christ, it's, it's in the last like three or three to five years. Yeah, is is that like I'm more concerned about being called a racist than I am about maybe. I don't. I, I don't think I'm a person who conveys racistness, but I feel implicit and uh, indirectly supportive of racist shit by not speaking out and allowing more voices yeah. on our platform. I do. I now, do. I feel guilty well, about that. Now I will say, um, and Matthew saw this uh, on Twitter. I have been very um, super uh, complimentary of Randy Orton, someone who's had. Of a shit like that shit was crazy. Wrestling, like who's who's had the shit like um takes on stuff like I think even when Eric Garner stuff he was an all lives matter yeah. person but he yeah. came out literally this weekend Black Lives Matter and then he called out one of his yes. fans one of his fans was like well what if I thought all it lives matter he's like him. all lives can't matter all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter yeah. and that's what we have oh to god do. a black lives matter um, from out of nowhere oh god he's got him. <laughs> But like, uh, oh god, an ally! <laughs> no one saw this coming. The but viper, as, as the viper creators, is here. <laughs> as content creators, we do have to like when when I started live from the pool house. The first episode, I said, I'm not going to talk down, or I'm not going to shy away from racial topics because I I I I trust the audience is smart enough to handle these conversations. Right. The, the first question <laughs> you ask me, or Sonia asked me, is like. What's it like to have that much privilege? Like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's it's the thing like it's we great. It's question. like getting a blowjob on a cloud all the time. <laughs> but like we I said we, the same thing. I'll say again. it's overrated because I'm depressed and hate myself constantly, and I cannot blame society for not giving me everything necessary to mm-hmm. succeed. But the thing is, we have to we have to start treating our audiences like they're idiots. Like we can have conversations about race. We have to have them with people who have those race like i can't come in here and talk to you about again about the native experience because i'm not native right or the hispanic experience i can talk to you about the mm. black experience right and we have to we have to be one willing and willing to have our audience engage that because that's the best way to to turn people who may not think that they're racist but do racist shit but don't think that's like out of normal uh, because right. then they're like actually confronted with the things they're doing. And I'm going to say this, and I'm sorry if you're in the audience and you get hit by this, but it's it's kind of the reason why like a lot of like old talk radar fans like mm-hmm. are like, oh well, you guys are just way too political, because right. it was the show wasn't political. Like it, it it was a show that like was on the fringe of comedy, but people grow, people learn, people get better, right? Dude, I, I am I am things. as political as Ellen DeGeneres is. It is Ellen DeGeneres is is is, is. Mm. I really am like uh, oh these nachos you hear about them also the president's the same color it, like like that's the extent of my political but but like if you fucking assholes think you're not sensitive snowflakes with trigger words you absolutely are and you need to stop bristling that much because like other perspectives have things to say to you and you have things to learn from mm-hmm. right well part of it's, it too is is like it's, i think what, what so, tl is, so is getting at though is like people can grow and i will so this hey look if you're conservative and you're still listening congratulations first of all but uh yeah. you, you might feel good about this little bit is i'm going to chide um some liberals right now part of the problem is um maybe one of the reasons like you don't engage is you you you're just feeling like you're going to get attacked constantly 
or even for admitting you had these beliefs in the past, you're going to get attacked. And it's like part of our problem is, is as progressives, we have to stop going after each other so much over little things. We have to assume positive intentions from people on the same side as us because we are not – we have bigger problems to address, and I've kind of been I'm, saying I'm this. I'm sorry. In the have you been on Twitter ever? Like that is <laughs> yeah, not I about find those problems. Have, those problems have disappeared for me a hundred and thousand percent by disappearing on Twitter. <laughs> like where it's a constant race to who is the most you, woke. Sorry, I know that but, makes me but, sound but, old. But I'm, I, I know, and I know I'm not going to fix it on this podcast. But it's like part of my frustration is just like, yeah, I, I would understand why these people immediately get scared and don't want to engage, is because they're they almost feel like, hey, nothing. Nothing I say or do is going to be right for these people, so why try anything? And that's not really the attitude to have. And what you do have to realize that Michael and Chris just pointed out, that's a very small percentage. Don't, don't listen to the Twitter people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're they're always going to go and after it's, you. It's, just... it's all the stuff that makes you feel like, well, why don't I jerk off until this is all over? Because <laughs> that way I won't have to feel or think But there, there's way more people that and, will and that, be welcoming if you are – if you are showing that you're trying, if you're trying to evolve, there's way yeah. more people that are like, yeah, okay, here, let me show you why that was racist or, you know, whatever, right? I'm sure there's some redeeming aspect of conservatism that I don't see all the time. Like, uh, you know, yeah, abortion. Like, maybe we'll never see eye to eye on that. But, like, to, I'm digging in my heels. I will never change and I will never learn from someone else's perspective. That shit irritates mm -hmm. me. Well, what we what we have to do is we have to stop with performative wokeness as well, mm -hmm. right? Like, don't 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 say that you're an ally, but you're not really one. Like, if you if you're an ally, promote black voices, put black people on your podcast. Like, you can be a leftist and do all this stuff and also push black people. And I and I I look like there's there were leftists who were attacking Gita Jackson earlier today for saying something about you know about leftists. Like, you can't. You can't, in one hand, decry everything and then also not listen to black people. Mm. Black people right. don't want right. to be told how they're supposed to feel. Black people aren't, don't want to be sat and said, here's how you're supposed to think, because that's also fucking shitty. Well, well because no that's not just a, yeah, that. that's not a black person problem. That's every, no one wants to feel that way. Like, <laughs> TL, can we just like, like clear a fucking blast <laughs> radius and say that like th this week caused LeVar Burton to say the word fuck what? on his Twitter. I gotta look this up. Yes, he was pissed. Yeah. 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 He like, had to, he had to curse. Shit, yeah. That shit has never happened. That guy has been a welcoming <laughs> like fucking shepherd of all of humanity for his entire life. And he's like, do not fuck with me this week. If, if you don't think this is a unique, consistent black experience, that is my example for you. LeVar Burton, who would never appear on a talk show and talk about a subject uh, this serious said back the fuck off i'm really pissed yeah. off Jesus. Right yeah he was good for like, him like and that, that's a man that has one of my and, favorite and, jokes and, and one of my favorite shows of all time in the credits the morfish for kunta joke is still one of my favorite community jokes of all time when um donald glover's character freaks out and runs away from him and he just reaches over yeah. and starts eating his fish can, can i can i can i maybe talk a little bit about cops right now sure Sure. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Like the Let's Fox TV show cops? Um, yeah, the Fox TV show. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I was talking about the cartoon with Miss Oh, Demi. man. <laughs> Did that stand for something? Some C-O-P-S? Yes, C-O-P-S. I forgot. what is it, it is an acronym. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is an acronym. Fighting crime in a future um, time. And and I will uh, never forget, by the way, before we, before we move off the topic uh -oh. of the cops animated series... There was a so Ian Jones Cordy, one of the creators of Steven Universe and 
Uh, okay, KO. Okay, go. Uh, he actually, yeah, I remember he, him doing a cartoon. Okay, go. He created a white band who performs exclusively <laughs> in space shuttles. That's what Ian Jones Cordy did. You, well, you're not the first person to make that. <laughs> okay, KO is a great but, show. You know, I, I remember he he did like a comic strip way back about uh, like being a kid, and some kids were like playing cops, and it's like you can't play. Go get out of here. Black kids can't be cops, and it's like, but the leader of the cops, BP Vest, is is black, and. Yeah, whatever. Get the fuck out of here. Like, what a sad story. Yeah, I, I think he was. I can't remember if it was a Steven Universe or OKKO OK episode, but it's like the it's one of the best episodes for kids and adults about dealing with problematic heroes. Mm. And his name is on it, and I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, I, I just wanted to to talk a, a little about cops because I've always been right, like, please, yes. I I think weirdly protective about cops and i think people who have lived a life without the need of police are the exact same way mm-hmm. and um my first memory of police are them coming to my school and like basically doing magic tricks for us um and then i remember watching my mother get pulled out of an overturned car by the police and um you had a crash moment i have po- <laughs> I, well i have positive I have positive memories of the police, and and I think that may have made me resistant or at least like flummoxed by the idea when my black friends would be like a like an a cab thing, which I'm still not on. Like my girl is more progressive than me. She made an a cab sign. I'm like, I'm not holding that. Uh, I, I'm wearing my fuck the police t shirt. <laughs> if you have not seen me at the demonstration, because I bought that shirt because I do feel that I don't. I feel that way, and I want to make sure I'm specific to police, mm. Mm. and I'm not specific to cops, because cops, to me, uh, makes it singular. Not that I'm in any way, in any way, protecting police. I think they've embarrassed themselves by defending racists. Like, our job's hard. You don't understand. Like, everyone's job is hard. Right. And, I, and, and, and like... Sorry, but you don't get to kill people without repercussions. Mm-hmm. No one else does that. You know what job is hard? A chemist. And if I make a pill that kills a bunch of people, I'll be yeah. held accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so uh, how, how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> how, how I feel about that is, is it's so multi-pronged. Um, I, it's so weird because I have a very, I, I have a very weird connection with cops. My my best friend, guy I was best best fan at his wedding. Um, his family are all cops, all cops, right? Uh, sisters are uh, corrections. He works in forensics. His mom was a detective, right? Um, and I I I don't. I am not of the of the the ACAB. I I, I that's a, that's like a step too far for me. But I understand where people come from. That no, and me I say, too. It's it, a- and I say that to say. When I when I was ten years old, my first my first like actual interaction with a cop was me being stopped while I was walking to a park because walking near a school. I wasn't walking at a school. I was walking near a school, and I was a chubby I was a chubby kid. This was I was like in middle school. I was a chubby kid. And I had a, like a really nappy afro, and the cop stopped me. One he did the uh, he was sir, a perfect sphere. <laughs> where he did sir ma'am, because um, I was a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and I got stopped from the cop. I, and then I got stopped the next time my next interaction with the cop, I got stopped walking to school, not walking from school, but I missed the bus and I walked to school and got stopped by the cops and had to go into a cop thing. I don't have a great, I've never had a great experience with cops. And 
I am very in the strong belief that cops need to be reformed. Like they need, there needs to yeah. be a, a very massive reform. And like you said, if your if your everyday if your everyday interaction with cops isn't like isn't a constant thing, then you are very much easily be like, oh yeah, I'm okay with cops. But I also know people who live in bad, quote unquote, bad neighborhoods because bad neighborhoods are they're all subjective, right? Like there's like I can go to like some bad white neighborhoods and those would be as bad neighborhoods as you would call the ghetto, right? Um, But how cops police in there, I can never I would never uh, downplay anyone's experience or their their ability to deal with cops. And and again, I'm going to use Sonia for this. Sonia was targeted in our group. And, and and this is the reason why I want to say this because this was in the laser time group. She was targeted in the laser time group because she knew someone by Nazis. Uh, yeah, she knew someone, and they were and people uh, that 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 uh, killed themselves. And people in our group went and sucked other people, sucked people at at her, right? And she went to the police, sick, and I they think. literally, yeah, uh, sick. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but they they literally, she went to the police, and they literally said. Well, what did you say online to make them mad? And that shit makes my fucking blood boil. Wow. What because... were, you, were you wearing when they said this stuff to you? <laughs> right. It, what were you basically wearing in this chat room? Was. <laughs> and like, so when when people say like, fuck the police or all cops are bad or all cops are bastards, like, I don't, I can never tell you don't feel like that because I can honestly understand if I was Sonia Fuck the police because that is a fucked up situation. You couldn't even get safety because people were fucking doxing you and putting your information out there. So, like, I, 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 I understand why we need Mm. police. I also believe we should defund the police. I also believe that they don't need to be fucking paramilitary. They don't need to be paramilitary fucking troops. We went down to a fucking dude. Dude, you you don't have to say where I live. Have you heard of Crawfordville? Yes, I Crawfordville. <laughs> T.O. has Matten. Why do they have a tank? Okay, I want. I'm so why? glad you brought that up. So, yeah. the, so why? I don't want to get away from Black Lives Matter, but the police problem is actually. So, hey, even if you're a selfish racist, um, you should be worried about this because the issue of the militarization of police in the U.S. affects everybody. And so a lot of this started after, well, it's not after the Iraq war because wars are still going on, but about 10, 15 years ago when the country was in all this war, we had a lot of surplus military stuff from these wars we've been fighting. Well, we were all terrified out of our minds about terrorism. After 9-11 and police departments throughout the nation began to stock up on military grade equipment and these basically mini tanks. Stuff that traditionally had been the realm of like SWAT teams. Hummer made a failed commercial vehicle based on how many fucking Hummers they produced. They had to sell them So all of this extra stuff that traditionally had just been SWAT teams, very specialized teams in police forces who are trained to use this stuff. Now entire police forces have access to it. And I'm sorry, but it's a little bit like gun culture. They have these toys and now they want to play with these toys sometimes. They have all these fun guns and military toys and it's... I, I call it I call it band practice. You do not practice this much with things you never intend to use. Um, Why would you? Why would you have? Yeah, and, and it relates to. There's this other and, thing that you're going to hear a lot of in the in the coming weeks. That um, so I think the NAACP is being very reasonable on their site with like their list of requests. But one of the things they're kind of talking about and going against. There's this principle that the Supreme Court uh, established um, called qualified immunity. And what qualified immunity basically is is it protects 
federal employees or, or government employees from getting sued um, by frivolous lawsuits. But in recent years, because the courts have gotten more conservative, it's started to apply more and more to things like police brutality, where basically in a nutshell, what this qualified immunity does is if it hasn't been proven, like literally proven that the actions police officers take has already has legal precedent that that is an illegal action against someone's constitutional rights, the benefit of the doubt goes to the cops and says, okay, what they did, it has not been established in the courts as illegal. So there have been lots of cases where, where police have choked people to death, killed people through police brutality, but because it had not gone through the courts as, oh, yes, police uh, specifically can't choke a person in this specific way. Now they're immune to prosecution for that, but now they know better, and the courts now are going to going to rule on this, and now they know it's against the rules, and now on cops you can't do this. And so that's one of those things that it's a very recent phenomenon that like people like the NAACP are like, we need to roll that back. You can't just grant them guaranteed immunity for things that are very obviously legally wrong. This is why the courts exist. You have to have judgment. You can't have a loophole yeah, like that. I, I, I think I have friends who are cops. I, I know we have we had or had you still have listeners who are cops and they are Seething by right nature <laughs> defensive uh, 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 of one another and 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 I saw a lot less of knee-jerk, like everything every cop does is correct, and I will defend them to the end. I saw a lot less of that mm. this time. Mm -hmm. I really did. And I, I do want to condemn, because like, when I wanted to talk about cops, it's like I am on, if you do, have not seen my latest Instagram image, that's me in a fuck the police shirt. It is the Hamburglar <laughs> knocking out uh, the Big Mac. Uh, person, fuck the police from my buddy at Alex Barrett Design. I get no money. Not Mayor McCheese. He looks like Mayor McCheese um, that he's knocking out. It's not yes, Mayor McCheese. Different guy. Different man. Mayor McCheese I, is I, like. I don't know who he is. <laughs> it was before I was born. I just thought, I, like, A, I thought it was hilarious. B, like, I, I, I'm not black. <gasps> I don't live in constant fear of the police, but I do feel like fuck the police. Mm -hmm. I do not feel. Like, I am capable of saying all cops are bastards. Even when I have a giant problem with the American institution of police. Because I have had the privilege of traveling to foreign countries. And police in foreign countries are members of their community. Mm -hmm. And don't carry weapons. And aren't tasked with subduing and murdering and handcuffing it's just not how the rest of the country works and i i re i've done it before i could really go off on a giant rant the fucking proliferation of guns in this country is a massive problem the idea that every cop has to treat every one of us like we're armed is also unfair to the police i'm not letting the police off in the slightest i am especially in this instance i want them absolutely called yeah, out right but like it's something i i i, I was talking about with my buddy Sam, who's been on the show a little while, he's like, you know, technically we should want to be cops, people who want to be peacekeepers and de-escalators. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry from my white experience. I've had a dude let me out of a DUI because I was like, dude, come on, dude, dude, right. dude, I could lose my job. Let me out of a DUI. That is not the black experience. No. It's not. It, is, it is. It is. It is the yeah. opposite of the black experience, and I've also had, and I just wanted to to mention that because when I talk about, I, I'm really not trying to divert this into uh, anti gun shit, but I'm I'm rabidly anti gun. We would have a lot less shot people if 
cops didn't there we we think that's the way the world should work there is no industrialized country where cops mm. carry these kind mm. of weapons uh costa rica very scary uh, military people with automatic weapons stand outside banks, but they're not no, it's, cops. Yeah, if you go down they to, to Mexico, cops, it's don't federal police It's federal police. If, even if you, by the way, in France, yes. they're in very specific places. If you go to an airport in France, you will see federal police with assault rifles. But once you're in the cities, those people aren't around anymore. It's Yes. In Japan, Japanese cops at Christmas put lights around their body and direct traffic and get cats out of trees. They're fucking... Wonderful, wonderfully valuable to them. It's why I don't feel comfortable saying all cops mm. are bad. But I, th- I think the rationale behind believe. that statement is that, like, okay, say there are only a couple of cops who are bastards. Every cop who doesn't turn them in is yeah. also a bastard. Uh, no, 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 Michael. Yeah. I, I am not. I am not slamming anybody for using yeah. that phrase. That phrase is very yeah. important. I'm, right I'm, now, ju- I'm just saying the it. rationale behind it. Like, it's it's not just yeah. assuming no, no, no. that all cops are going to beat the shit out of you the second nobody's watching. No, but 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 right. no. but it's, it's, and I, 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 am I the only person here who's had the shit beat out of them by cops? Yes, <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so like, so I have. No, because I'm, I'm here. Not, like, it's the only reason why, like, I haven't like, and and it's. But that's a fucked up thing, right? Like the, the the thing that's fucked up about it is like, so I haven't had to like I, I haven't had any run in with the cops. And I I've got very offended when a cop told me like, oh, when I got into an accident, he's like, oh, well, you don't have a you don't have a record. It's like you've never been in trouble. It's like yeah, because the second I'm in trouble, I'm fucked. I but I yeah. I was taught as a young age. My parents are both in the military. My right. dad has no issues with the cops. My mom has no issues with the cops. But I was taught at a very young age. Don't mess with the cops because you could lose right. your life. Yeah. And they're, that's they're the thing that I, yeah. I, I want people I, I want people who are who maybe are cops, right? Yes. Who are listeners who are cops. I want you to talk to your cop yeah. friends. Like yes. the fact that the fact that the fact that some cops feel that all black people are a threat is the is the exact inverse when they get upset like, well, all blue lives matter and all these things happen. Like, no. well, that's of course, <laughs> like, of course you feel like that. But imagine being a black person that has nothing to do. And like I said, if you listen to me, you listen to me on this podcast, you're like, oh, well, that guy's very, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not concerning. Like he's, he's a, he, he sounds like a white guy. He has this he very. He likes we're back a dinosaur story. Right. Like likes we're back. But at the same time, I'm a 5'11", over 300 pound black mm. dude. Yeah, dude. Walking, Kale could take you down. Like, yeah, like walking, like I, I am an intimidating. Oh, I mean, dude, when I when right? you hear the description uh, of George it, Floyd, by the way, they're like, oh, uh, the man was over six foot tall and over two hundred and forty pounds, and to a cop, that's threatening. And I'm like, that's me. I'm six one two forty. That description is me. And yeah. you have to remind yourself. It sounds like how Vince McMahon would describe his only like, but black it's like wrestler. it's like yeah. yeah, they the fact that they're so threatened. But sorry, TL, please finish your point. Yeah, it, it's just like. If you're if you're a police officer and you don't like this conversation that we're having, I understand that. I get yeah. that. I feel that. However, what I need you to do, what your job is now, is to change your fucking job. Is to change the people who work in your industry, who work in your business, and and tell them, hey, we need to start treating black people like black people. Like I've seen all these videos. Every fucking news site wants to do this great video of oh look at this cop hugging a protester and they're saying they want to be in there but that does not change unless you fucking 
fucking right. go into your business it, it, and demand and by, your by other way, officers. If to you think not it's unfair that TL animals. is putting this on you and asking you to do this, imagine how he must feel when you tell TL like, "Hey, you need to tell those other black protesters to stop looting and all this shit." So yeah, sorry mm. if it sounds unfair. And why can't black people just came out? The thing that sucks about that black people came out the first day and said, "Hey, don't burn our neighborhoods." Black people have I, come out and said that from day fucking one and it's it shits it pisses me off like people like going to say another name a name that's fucking uh uh taboo for this show colin moriarty no colin moriarty like people fucking come out like like that asshole and say oh why are you guys rioting when black people have come out from the fucking first day and said hey don't riot don't blow up our don't fucking mess up our neighborhoods because that's our neighborhoods there are black businesses that are also being held in but you know what those black businesses are saying hey we have insurance you know who doesn't have insurance the man who got fucking choked out that is the mm. thing yep. that we need to yep. fucking look at we cannot equate a man's life with fucking yeah, stop, property stop, damage stop comparing we property damage with lives that. that's bullshit that is a yeah. bullshit argument we've ex- <laughs> Not we, but like I, I won't put myself in this. I try and demonstrate when I can, but like what else can be done for a lot of people? It feels like every avenue has been exhausted. Why should I not turn over a car if I just have to die when cops show up on the scene? Yeah, Why and the solutions are remarkably <laughs> they're they're remarkably what um, modest. I'm looking at the India NAACP's recommendations, right? They're asking for an independent special prosecutor to to investigate the George Floyd murder. That's a very reasonable request. They're asking for a reinstitution of Department of Justice consent decrees on police departments and municipal governments. That basically are if these police departments have have shown a pattern of violence, there's you appoint a special agency to look into it and investigate it. And then hmm. now hold on, I would like I would like to say okay, my real quick. Thing about let, me, cops. let me finish the third Avengers. third point on the NAACP. They they're asking for a sweeping police reform, federal legislation mandating mandating a zero tolerance pol- approach in penalizing and prosecuting police officers who kill unarmed, nonviolent, and non-resisting individuals. Again, not an unreasonable request. You're asking for cops to get punished for killing unarmed people who are not resisting arrest. That seems pretty reasonable, if you ask me. It is undoubtedly reasonable, and 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 part of the reason I want to talk to. I can't speak for the black experience. I can only speak for the white experience. And, and, and I've only talked about this in the context of like why I think all guns are bad, because I do believe we have to arm every officer we have because we're allowed to let guns seep out in the country and be used for whatever means necessary. And off. it's not fair to police that they have to guess every time whether someone's armed or not. The, the, the odds are stacked against them. Sorry. I, I like, yes, I know we're mad at police right now, but like this sucks. And this is our fault. This is America's fault. And the more you prom- like, uh, well, some people training, blah, blah, blah. No, nah, they're a toxic element that really seeps into everything and makes everything worse for everybody. The second a gun is introduced in any scene, it toxifies and gets worse. But, 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 but to, to be clear on how my perspective on, on cops differs from the black community, especially when TL brings up, if, you're not, if your heart is not broken... That like black children now have to be taught a protocol on how to deal with police because they because they will be treated differently Mm -hmm. every time, Mm -hmm. every fucking time. 
or, or maybe not even every time, but but like lethal, there are lethal consequences to dealing with the police the wrong way in a way that white people don't have to deal with. Hmm. And I, Sam doesn't remember this specifically, and I've only used this in anti-gun arguments, um, but he was there, and he remembers the incident. Uh, TL, you've been to my house. We, we don't yes. live in a crazy neighborhood. And like a street up, we're little kids. Sorry, we're like 15, and we probably look like grown adults, and we're scofflaws, don't give a fuck. And I think we threw a rock at a building, and an alarm went off. And we just didn't think anything of it. We just thought it was funny. And then, like, 20 minutes later, we're just walking out from behind this thing in front of a Winn-Dixie. And, like, three cop cars pull up. The doors fan out and guns are drawn on us. And they tell us to lift our shirts. Right. And if you don't like, believe in white privilege. Show us your tits. <laughs> <laughs> I got some beads. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, if you don't believe in white privilege. Yeah. I Sam doesn't remember it this way. I do. Our response was to laugh and uh, say why. And yeah. <laughs> and like in in what you know now, what's happening right now, how the fuck is a black person supposed to give that response? And also, yeah. why the fuck are police giving that response to 15-year-olds? Are you comfortable with that? That happened to me in a nice area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris Rock has that great bit that he talks about is like the the argument of like, well, it's only a few bad apples. He goes, yeah, but you can't say that shit for like airline pilots, you know, like, ah, well, most of the time we land safely. It's only a few Mm -hmm. bad apples that crash planes. It's like, yeah, if that happened, you would clean up the pilots. You'd be like, all right, we're going to get training in place. No more crashes. And that's kind of what we're saying for cops is like, I hate to quote Stephen Colbert from yesterday, but it's like, it's not bad apples. It might be the orchard. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and B, like for my friends on the right who are now discussing Antifa, a thing that doesn't exist as a terrorism cell, how come the bad apple thing doesn't apply to protesters? Yeah. To well, people who yeah. riot. Well, that, that's the thing that if, if you're going to tell us it's a few bad apples, then you can't use there was rioting to justify when an unarmed man gets maced in the face and then immediately shot in that same face with a tear gas grenade at point right. blank range. We saw it live when the president posed with an upside down Bible that an old woman was shot in the stomach with right. gas. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that the the thing the thing with the bad apple thing, and we can leave the police off of this. At, you know, the thing with the bad apple thing is we forget how that phrase ends. A few bad apples spoils the bunch. Spoil the whole bunch. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't give a shit that there are bad apples. Right. If there are bad apples, right. that the whole bunch you fucking throw right out the fucking right. out the barrel, right? Like they never yeah. finish the fucking. Because that expression yeah. is, you can't tell which ones are the bad it's apples. It's just a or few not. bad apples. Just... You can eat the rest that are still tainted. <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 I'm not. Again, I am not. Me personally. I am angry with the police. Fuck the police is how I feel. And I have a shirt that shows it. Sure. And I don't care who sees it. And I wore it in front of police. <sighs> during a demo- during a BLM demonstration last weekend. That's your white I don't- privilege. I know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say I'm not privileged. I'm saying that, like, I don't feel like fuck all cops. I know, like, individually, every most people are compassionate. I got pulled over for speeding. Um... I got pulled over for speeding the day before the lockdown occurred and my, my, like my tag is expired, but like 
they had closed down all the government buildings and I can't renew anything online. Mm-hmm. I have to go to a thing that's closed. And the guy who pulls me over, and I pull over as fast as I can, uh, and I pull over to the side as quick as I can, and the guy who gets out is the most Brock Lesnar-looking motherfucker with, like, muscles bulging out of his shirt. And he is... And, and, and like, I don't... I'm, I I am me. I am... You know who I am. I am white privilege. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Was I speeding? That's what I said. He is so fucking mad. And the idea that, like, right. I said, like, sorry... I'm speeding. Give me the ticket. He got even madder, way madder. It's like that Simpsons <laughs> like, episode. Well, what if we decide to take you in? Like it was a bunch of this. Do you know how fast you were going? Like no, I, I don't have any idea. I was in, in like, and there's a part of me that like I was, you know, I was actually going the exact same speed as people in front. So it's a six lane road. And I may have been going over 35 miles an hour, but I was going the same speed as people to the right, left, and in front of me. Um, but I was just at a car wash with you, and I have a Prius, and that makes me a target for people who are assholes, right? Why you rolling coal? No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not pulling that card. I'm not. But like, if you're black, don't you always feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I. I am actively afraid to deal with police, mm-hmm. and, and I, I've been actively. But, uh, afraid. but I mean, like, I guys... was more saying, I was more saying, like, why me? I was doing the right. same thing everyone else was doing, but because I have a Prius and like a liberal bumper sticker, and you're clearly a fucking creatine snorting fucking goon, like, and you're so you really like, like dealing with this guy. Like, I at one point, like, are you okay? Can you just calm down? Like, give me the ticket. I don't care. Give me the fucking ticket. Like, what is wrong with you? I was right. speeding. I didn't say I wasn't. Yeah. I never denied it. But he's livid. This is this is this year. This is this month. And 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 before we move on to anything else, um, and I, again, I, I I just told you I'm not a cab. I am not all cops are bastards. I do think they appeal to people with vigilante issues and martyr problems. Yeah. Sure. And and they don't pay enough, and they don't educate enough. That they appeal to people who have a chip on their shoulder. And this guy has a serious justice issue. <laughs> and it's, dude, I just said, I did it. I'm sorry. I hope I don't do it again. And he's he doesn't know how to respond to that. You could see him twitching and fuming and not knowing what to do with someone who doesn't argue with him. He right. was mad. He was mad when he pulled me over. Why? If this is your job. Yeah. It's your job. I wonder about that because I've I've been pulled over twice. I've been yelled at by cops both times. Like, how fast were you going? I'm like eighty. Like, do you know what the speed limit is? I'm like, yes, I do. But I'm just gonna say, uh, sixty. And he's like, it's fifty five. Like, you, why you, are you so angry? <laughs> you pulled and me I would over. Say you're you not, you're not allowed to plead poverty. You're paid so much more than teachers. So right. much more. And, and like I don't understand, like, and I and I'm not advocating sensitivity training is the issue. This was like I'm 18 advo- years ago, by the way. I'm a very careful driver now. So I'm, I'm saying, like, I would not even have brought up the other shit until like this was recently, and this guy was exactly what my liberal friends think of when they think of police: gelled hair, high to the heavens, cropped guile, mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar looking dudes, uh, aviator sunglasses, and fucking immediately mad when dealing with me. And like, sorry, like, what is your job other than to pull over speeders? 
And, and, and why, did you, why did you target me? Let's sideline that. Mm. Why are you so mad? And if you're yeah. so mad, why are you doing this job? Hmm. Because people are going to speed. That's what you're here to fucking prevent. Now the imagine people, being a people. black man and, and having a guy who has a propensity to be mad, and he knows you're not going to fight him, but then he assumes you're going to fight back. And so how quickly that situation, because when emotions run high, that's when situations can get tricky, yeah. right? And they can quickly get out of hand. It's like, yeah, you, you, it's not rocket science how this stuff happens and how it gets out of hand. Like we we, right. we we see it. Well, what you, what you don't understand, Chris, is okay. He was watching a game on his phone and enjoying a coffee, and you sped by, and it's like, fuck! Now I gotta work. That's why I, he's I, so mad. I'm not even mentioning. He's this missing be the game because of you. This should be deleted scenes because I can't prove it. This whole show should uh, be deleted scenes. <laughs> I have a fucking I have a 2005 Prius that it works, but barely, and I went to a automatic car wash and i couldn't figure out how to put my car into neutral (laughs) and who was behind me that state trooper Mm. he that state trooper and and like and i couldn't figure i'm like can you help me here like this isn't a real gear shift this is a fake button that sends things into neutral this won't go into neutral i had a guy get in my car and like i can't figure this out either like i can't figure out how to put this in neutral yeah, so the problem is, and I guess we can use this to move into to media and how we frame black people. The problem is, and, and I was talking to my buddy about this, when you look at media, especially ever since like the 1980s, when you go into like the drug war stuff, like we have so conditioned the cops to think that every bus you make is going to be your last life. Every stop you make is your last life. Because right? it could be. Uh, to, it, be it, fair, it could be. to be fair, yeah, this no, country it, has a ton of guns. It, it absolutely could be, but the fact that you keep like that it does and now and then like i said when you frame media like black guys are or 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 bad guys right like so to to put this on the game and i'm i didn't see if rockstar made a statement or did one of those uh posts or whatever because everyone's making a post right Mm. but i remember playing not the kid (laughs) never did (laughs) i remember playing uh gta 6 gta 5 sorry yeah yeah. did not play gta 6 you play gta 6 you have an uncle who works at rockstar in japan (laughs) yes galactic exclusive Uh, (laughs) you're gta you're an alien you're playing in branson missouri (laughs) i I remember i remember playing gta 5 and my dad when me and my sister me and my sister loved we've been playing all the gta games since gta 3 it's my sister's favorite franchise right uh we're playing gta 5 and my dad was literally like we're doing the franklin segments he's like why does every black character have to be like that why did why do they have to speak in that kind of speech why do they have to talk like that like i get this is grand theft auto but this is like this is your protagonist and this is how you do it and then when you look at a lot of black media and you look at a lot not black media sorry but a lot of media that frames black people that are written by white people that are written in this kind of way like you have all these different things like look at a movie like training day right training day is a cop movie about a good cop but who's the good cop is ethan is ethan fucking uh hawk right mm-hmm. and samuel uh, Samuel Jackson, but um Denzel washington is the lowest of the fucking low i'm so upset that he won an oscar for that movie same right. movie but mind you same year John Q came out, 
which is a better performance and a more positive performance. Right. But that's the one he won the Oscar for. Right. It's Training Day. When we look about how like movies that we consider great movies that frame black people, they're frame shitty. I look at stuff like Pulp Fiction. I look at stuff like movies like that where it's like when you look at – and these are movies I love. I love Pulp Fiction. I love Training Day. But these are movies that train that train people, train white people – just to be completely honest, especially white males, these are how black people act. These are how pet. Are you going to come down and fill Lamar again? Like I, I, no. I, I, oh, oh, that, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I, I defend a lot of Tarantino stuff. I really hate how Tarantino talks about black people and how he feels like he can say the n word in every one of his movies. Right. Well, it, I think he feels like he he has permission from Sam Jackson, but Sam Jackson is not the mayor of black people. He doesn't yeah. get to make that call. If if racism is a stain, that little tiny piece of peanuts at the end of your underwear is the scene in Pulp Fiction where Quentin. Tarantino Tarantino says the n-word over and over again yes it's so uh, it's so excruciating so, Tia, how, I love do you, that how do you feel about media by like so like i was my big part of my formative years i i grew up watching like boys in the hood like john singleton movies which there are people in those movies portrayed in a similar light but this is a movie directed by a black man and there are there is more nuance i would say to those black characters in a movie like boys in the hood like yeah it's because it, the reality is if you go to south central la you're going to encounter guys like Ice Cube's character in that movie, right? Right. Yeah, so you're it's kind of Ricky it's, characters too. Yeah, it's the same way I feel about like stuff like Boondock. Like I, I've been, especially with HBO Max, I've been going through the Boondocks a lot. Right? Is that on the? Is um, that on HBO Max? It's yeah. on oh HBO Max. God. Wow. <laughs> um, so like so, I'm I'm of two minds of it, right? And it's something that Dave Chappelle said when he quit the Chappelle Show. Um, those things are absolutely positive. And they're great things that showed in the black communities because black people are not monoliths. Black people are different. And mm-hmm. there's so many different things that we act and so many different ways that we act. And there's like there's something to say about those shows that show black people. But the, the problem is, is that white people, when they ingest this media, they take the negative aspects of it and they don't look at the whole cloth of it. Um, Boondocks had a great episode showing about you know, fake activism within the black community uh, when when Huey goes back to Chicago. Huey had not been in Chicago forever. He runs to his friend Cicero, and he has, like, his, his buddy who is, like, the fake pro black thing like it's the the thing like i'll, I'll give um uh, i'll give sean king shit right like a sean king fucking sucks um and he he profits off of black people it's the same kind of thing like it's the it's the black israel israelite thing like have you ever been to a convention guys have gone to pax and you see like the black people who will like like yell and scream like those are like black israelites and it's like they're like a weird offset right um and that's something that it's funny for me and there's a conversation to have with that but white people group like they see that and they're like well that's what all black people are and that's the thing that 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 frustrates me and where it's like i need you to to do more and to read more like there's a great television show right now it's on television called insecure that a lot of uh black um uh black creators call that black civil war right be and they say that because it's like you see like two forms of black people on that show and you're able to like it, it gets people's dander up right but it's mm. it, it's not what's considered mass media right like i've i have been i have been waiting for one day to do like a laser time on um on empire because so i fucking hate empire i hate empire with a passion because it feeds into a lot of like black stereotypes right but mm. it's not 
it doesn't like it doesn't like it doesn't like critique them or actually look at them like uh like with the media res right like something like Boondocks does hmm. something like Chappelle's show does like they they bring you into black in the black culture but it asks you to hey we also want you to critique this and look at this like how we look at this without kind of grabbing it but the the problem can I, is can I point out something of, really fast TL that I think yeah will serve your point I haven't mm-hmm. done a podcast with you. In two years, where you haven't brought up the Boondocks, <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah, it's it's, I, it's one not of the that it's shows. a great show, but like, like <laughs> if we talk about racial inequality, like, <laughs> do you do you have another show that you feel like speaks to your experience the way the Boondocks does? <laughs> In terms of someone who loves animation, right? Well, I I say that like because I do love animation. That's the one, but I would say stuff like Insecure definitely mm-hmm. brings that stuff up. Um, I not animated like, friend. Right, not animated. Shows like Atlanta kind of brings that stuff up. Like there's there are shows that kind of talk about it, but like it's like even shows like Blackish. And I and I I really love like the last couple seasons of Blackish because they kind of went there. Like Blackish was a television show that did not give a fuck. It was like at first it was like, "Oh, well they're kind of black, you know, they're black people, but it's kind of like in a white thing, and then like in the show is like, no, we're going to talk about systemic racism. We're going to talk about like dealing with like dealing with being in a family of people who are who are mixed race, right? Because like right. his kids are are seventy five percent black because their mom is mixed race, and like being able to deal with that stuff and talk about systemic racism, like those are the shows that I would push forward on. That I bring up the Boondocks because that's a great cultural point, and like I said. With the audience no, that I'm we not, have, I'm like it's telling a, it's you, it's a crutch. Show, I'm, t- right? I'm telling you how, like, you you might not have as many examples in, especially animated media that you can positively reflect on. Yeah, I would say a great show. Um, if you guys are looking for a show, Craig at the Craig at Craig at the Creek. Oh, yeah. I fucking uh, love that show. Craig at the Creek is such a great show, and it 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 talks about like it it's the most show that to me resembles me growing up as a black kid, especially steeped in like white media and white culture and having black likes the wrong, likes the wrong Don Bluth movies. (laughs) Well, no, (laughs) I like the right Don Bluth movies. Fucking rock and doodle do whips ass. Um, that's the wrong uh, Don Bluth movie. I'm sorry. That movie opens. That movie opens up with Chanticleer getting his ass kicked by another fucking crow. Like, I mean, another fucking rooster. Like it's a badass fucking movie. Fuck that. (laughs) This is exactly um, where but, I wanted this to go. But all no, back but, to Rocket <laughs> We used to we used to watch Boondocks religiously. I just want to go off on a brief tangent here. And there were the the white characters, I think like W and Rummy. And maybe there was one other one, but they were played by like Sam Jackson and Charlie Murphy. Yeah, Rummy Remy and Ed Wetzler uh and Wetzler the third. That's right. Ed yeah. Wetzler the third was played by Charlie Murphy. And and, and he wore uh, like a Remy W necklace for Wunsler. Yes. And and uh but I remember once like the and, and, and Michael Wunsler is what? I need you to wiki parse. It's it's from the Lorax. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who exploited every natural resource until everything exactly. was dead and nobody benefited. But no, Ed Asner was fantastic in the role of his his grandfather, but uh like it's it's weird that like that so i re, i always remember there's like this dialogue about like n-word technology with like you know pager talking about pagers and stuff like that and how like oh uh black, black people don't like anything that attaches a printer to it and and it's like it's one of those things that it's wow, just like it what? struck me as a weird thing from aaron mcgruder to say and then i was thinking about it's like wait those characters are both white this is fantastically racist 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about it because it was Charlie Murphy and Samuel Jackson. <laughs> well, and that's the great thing about that show. They were able to talk about race issues and use it in a way that like made sense. Like, Aaron McGregor was the first person I saw that was like, oh, Reaganomics fucking sucked for black people. Yeah. And you have a character like Uncle Ruckus, like the fucking – and we're seeing this now with a lot of black people who are no hand-wringing. <laughs> like fucking like we're, we live in a culture where – Candace Owens fucking exists, and she is the <laughs> she is the person she is the person where a lot of like uh fucking shitty white people. Well, here's a black person who's saying something. Why don't you listen to her? And like she, her analogous is Uncle Ruckus. I, I'm sure Zoe Quinn feels great about being the stepping stone to that woman's uh fame and popularity. I do love that. Like, like, why aren't there more black voices on the right? Like, there are. Here's someone who's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean. Like living in Florida, like we've had people like Alan Keyes and fucking mm. um, who the the Chicago Pizza dude, uh, or Herman Cain, the Noy, Herman Cain, yes, and and Michael Steele, who's recently become a, a great Never Trumper voice. Yeah, Michael Steele. Michael Steele is weird because like, so here's the thing that people don't know about: I used to be a Republican. Um, really? <laughs> yes. Tell when me I was more. In, when I was in high school, I remember. I, I remember vividly. I had a, I had a buddy. I used to I used to debate. Um, I had a buddy, and this is before I even knew what politics were. I was in ninth grade, and he was like, "Well, are you a Republican or a Democrat?" And he said to me, "Most black people are Democrats." And my thinking always has always been, well, "I'm not every black person." It's like, no, I'm I'm a Republican. Colin Powell's a Republican. I'm a Republican, right? So like, so these voices were like the people I knew. It wasn't until I went to college. It wasn't until I went to uh, the University of Auburn. It went to go into a Republican, uh, a young Republican meeting because I was like, oh, you know, I I like debate and I like politics and mm-hmm. I'll go in here. And it, I, I will remember Ooh. it vividly. I walked in and it was in an auditorium. It was in at Tiger Hall. It was an auditorium. And as I opened the door, every white face turned and looked at me and I Opened that door. I looked in and I walked out. The next day, I went to the I went to the Auburn Democrat side. I was like, "Oh wait, I actually agree with these people a lot more." Mm. Uh, also, fun fact: so that was two thousand four. Um, Why didn't was... you just stand up and say like, "Oh, what y'all looking at? Uncle Rockets, no relation." <laughs> um, so this was also in two thousand four. Uh, we were registering people to vote. And I will say this. Uh, I didn't really deal with a lot of racism. I did with some racism, a lot of racism in Auburn. But I remember, and I will never forget this. This was in 2004. We were getting people to vote. And one of the Republican people, like we were we were both trying to get people to vote. Republican, Democrat, there was just like, hey, we just want you to vote. And one of the Republican guys said, hey, you should vote, Dem- you should vote Republican because we freed you. And that shit has never <laughs> It that still happens, ne- by the way. <laughs> that has never gone away from me. Yeah, like, like, I've never forgot that. Fucking Dinesh D'Souza saying, like, oh, well, the Democrats are really the ones who had the slaves. Like, yes, and do you know what happened in the 60s around the signing of the Civil right. Rights Act? Basically, everyone switched sides. Right. It was we, we crazy. Don't, we don't talk about the Southern strategy enough, yeah. um, especially at that time, right? So it was... So, like, it's always been, to me, especially when I look at, like, media, it's always really hard. And um, and this is why – this is me saying, like, hey, don't – you don't have to listen to every black voice because fucking Candace Owens sucks shit. <laughs> um, when I look at, like, uh, the thing – like, the, the, the fucking dumbest thing that Miles Morales said, and I, I give him a pass because he's young and I want him to do better. But him saying, like, well, Rosa Parks, like, some fucking bullshit. And I'm just like – 
Come wait, on, wait, dude. Wait, Miles Morales? Are you, about, are you talking about Black Spider-Man or the guy who follows Sonic around or the Breitbart guy? <laughs> the Miles Morales, the, the the guy who was the Spider-Man, the voice for Miles Morales, oh, uh, no. said something very, you know, he said something very stupid. And I was just like, you know, what what do you have to gain from that? And that's that's the thing, like, one, my, my big thing for all of this stuff is get yourself educated. Um, if you only know Martin Luther King from the shit that you learned um, 10, 15 years ago when you were in school, I would ask you to read his fucking books that he's did. Uh, the books that he did in 1965 after his arrest for after the Million Man March where he did talk about the white moderate, um, mm-hmm. where he did talk about like a lot of these things. I would ask you, there's a great documentary on um, on uh, HBO as you're getting HBO Max about Martin Luther King. Please watch that. He, he also he also talked a ton of shit about Tony Hawk Underground, like Bam Auger was not a leader, <laughs> not a role model. Uh, trying to bring it back to video Which, games. By, after by the two way, and a half the, hours. The, the Martin Luther King episode of Boondocks is still fantastic, but it's one of the greatest episodes crazy. ever. But it's the thing, like that's another one where I really hesitate to push white people for because it is a very that's a very black episode. Hmm. Uh, They're all very black episodes. <laughs> Come on, yeah, but I mean that's like very step like. I don't need to hear another white person tell me why BET is yeah. bad. Because uh, BET is fucking terrible. Mm. Like, I, I, I agree with uh, that. Where do you think I'm watching Fresh Prince now, son? Uh, HBO Max. Uh, oh, subscribe, I to, subscribe to HBO Max. It is fourteen ninety nine. I guess. Black <laughs> privilege, I guess. Like, I can't afford it. I, no, yeah. the, in retrospect, the worst <laughs> thing about Boondocks is that it, it, it normalizes the N-word. Yeah, and it's the thing that... And it makes it's it the reason why. It's the reason why Dave Chappelle had to quit his job like and he said yes. he stated it was just wow. like seeing he said it was because shitty... of the boondocks <laughs> well no, no no he said it's like shitty white kids would come up to him and be like mm. i'm rick james bitch like i'm like oh i'm a part of the niggers like it's like oh, jesus you can't you can't again you can't dude now i have to say it that's i can say it all i want <laughs> no we, you can't set a rule <laughs> nope. we set a rule <laughs> I've said it multiple times. No, you cannot. Um, <laughs> no, no, well, I, I, like I think what Dave Chappelle talked about, it, it, even as a comedy fan, when I would, I remember watching the Blackzilla episode, and like this is just a parade of stereotypes. Yeah. Of like, what if Godzilla was black? He'd light a joint on a volcano and not pay a bill. And like, it's okay for you to do this, but like, it's like. Uh, this is not good for yeah. this is not good for the community and and like I do think Boondocks is different but am I right like when I say I want a perspective uh Aaron Magruder's perspective is fucking fascinating. Hmm. It is not the only black perspective. People will disagree with you on Aaron Magruder episodes including BET. Yeah, Aaron Magruder is a he's a black leftist and to be fair, he's probably the the first black leftist I was very aware of right like because i i might like i said full disclosure my parents are all military right so i i didn't have a huey newton uh back back history i didn't i didn't read a lot of black leftist literature right like i'm i'm the person who doesn't like tupac i think tupac is highly overrated right um i'm saying now now i'm now i'm going to get all the shit right um but air mcgree was the first uh leftist like that that molded my thought on how things should work and how things should be um so that's always it's always gonna you know uh march on that but like like you said like it's the reason why i hate chris rock's black versus black people versus n-word special Mm -hmm. yeah no that that it that that gave so many (laughs) racists so much ammo dude i heard i heard that in a checkout line at san francisco from 
a not quite black person, and I was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I think The Office kind of knocked the na- last nail into that coffin when Michael Scott did it, and I think everybody realized like, oh, it's not cool for white people to repeat that. I know. I, I'm just. It was. It was. I, I. I do tell that story. It was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in a long checkout line, and a guy is stealing Chris Rock's bits and and very much entertaining Fuck. his friends using the N word. And like, and I'm just like, oh my God, should I say like, you cannot, this is not yours. This is a 10 year old perspective. That you so that's, that's the thing I, I want to push. And this is the thing I want to do for the community. And we made a whole post. So uh, going back to the LTC community, because I, I, I think, I think charity has to start from home. Right. And I am a moderator on there and I'm going to become more of a front facing moderator on there um, because I think that's important. Um and I also want to say it is Pride Month, so please, um, please look for our LGBTQIA plus members uh, because they need the support just as much as the black people need your support at this time as well. Um, but it is calling out racists. It is calling out people who say that stuff now. And we, we no longer can just sit here and just be like, oh, you said that. OK, well, I want you to get better. No, fuck that. We have to start calling these people mm. out. We right. have to start. We We, we can't. We can't start being complacent because the second we become complacent, then when people die, that's when people can sit there and be like, okay, well, it's fine to just sit here and wait. Yeah, Yeah, because your silence now might result in violence later on. You don't know – like it perpetuates behavior that can spiral – it can snowball and get bigger and bigger and and, and can result in worse things. So. If you yeah, if you, if you hear a friend telling a racist joke, just nip it in the bud. Just and all you have to. I've been in many situations. It's like, dude, that's not cool. That's all you have to say. I've never been ostracized by my friends for being like, dude, not cool. You know, like yeah, they might go, oh come on, man, I'm just telling a joke. Yeah, I saw a, a great Paula Tompkins thread where he's like, it inspired me to say this kind of stuff. Even yeah. watching Randy Orton, like, yeah, I used to think that, and now I don't. You're allowed to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're allowed to change when, you, when you're uncomfortable. I realize like racism can be a, a knee jerk thing that you are yeah. completely unaware of. Like I, I didn't realize guilty it of it until I went to Chicago in 1992 with my dad. And I, I remember there was one point, I think we were like standing around waiting for a bus or something. And this black guy walked, was walking toward us. And suddenly like, I felt like this weird, like, Oh God, what's happening. And like that moment, like I, it, in that same moment, I was like, what the fuck was that? Where did that come from? Like, here's a white guy coming toward us dressed in a similar way. I don't feel anything. What the fuck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's recognizing that part of yourself that's there and being able to remedy it, fix it. Like, that, yeah. that's something that's like, it's still a traumatic memory. Like, why the fuck did that happen? I don't understand a- a- it. Acknowledging that you've lived through this, that people you care about have uh, been on the wrong side of history. Hmm. It's hard. It's hard. I, I I always remember this moment. Like my parents didn't have many parties, and they did. And um, I, someone's like, "Want to turn the basketball game?" And there's like there's like thirty people there at my parents' house, and uh, want to turn the basketball game. And then some guy says, "Yeah, I want to want to I want to watch a bunch of Negroes run around a wooden floor." And the whole the whole room lost it. So little Chris, when he's six, wow. the next time someone mentions basketball, says the exact same Ooh. thing. Hey, Dad, what about a bunch of Negroes no, 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 on a no, wooden no, no, floor? No. And my dad like grabbed me by the shirt and like, if you ever 
and then he like uh, composure like you can never say that again mm-hmm. like i am that is so only sorry for you our friends during parties i but remember like it's there's not my dad can't control everything i hear and neither can you mm-hmm. and you can't control everything you read especially in a world where people are giving you disinformation mm-hmm. and my i want to shut up entirely entirely but I just wanted, like, I am not a good authority on this. I am an ignorant person who has uh, been slow to adapt. Yeah. So don't be like me. But uh, in, in, uh, other than, like, you can change late. It's mm. fine. Um, but in but terms of thinking this. Right now, we need you. Right. <laughs> we need you very, very bad to be on the right side of history. Yeah. Mm. And and if you need further proof that this is systemic, and I know there's two right-wing people who have stuck it out this far and we haven't hit any trigger words for them because they are the biggest snowflakes, but uh, Cheeto Jesus, the president, he's not playing 4D chess. He has no grand plan. He is just a racist Fox News grandpa. What we heard this week is that you need to dominate them. You need to tell, you need to show everyone who's boss, giant force. He said, once again, every 24 hours, the quiet part loud. That's how this works. To, To stamp out dissension like this, you need to beat them back with force. And he yelled it, and he said it out loud, and he did it in front of everybody while posing with a shitty Bible picture. I'm not fucking around. This is the that that guy this week showed you systemic racism. How sy- systemic racism fucking mm-hmm. works. The second this becomes uncomfortable for me, send out violent force. Yeah. So people don't so talk. This about is this not anymore. related to Black Lives Matter. I did want to bring up. So as a Christian man. Nothing sickened me more than to see this fuck holding my Bible and posing in front of a church of my religion and using both as props. That is so... And and a lot of people I grew up with going to church or whatever, they're eating it up. Like, I don't get it. These born-again Christians that are like, I love him, I love him for that. And I'm like, he has not opened that book. He has not read what's inside that book. He does not live what's in that book. Stop using my religion as a prop, you orange fuck. As, as someone who is as someone who is raised Christian, I just love saying this: you can never, ever, ever use your Christian morality as an example for anything ever again. If you pin this on this this person, mm. he's the least Christ-like among us. He follows none of the teachings of Jesus. I was raised that right. way. I know for a fact. Right. You have given up your religion for your fucking false deity the same way they told you not to. <laughs> the thing that's taken about to me, and this is when I'm going to get, I'm going to use my theological background, right? Give it everything me. that everything that Jesus stands for, he stands for the exact. Yeah, he's opposite. the opposite. Everything that every racist stands for stands for the exact opposite that Jesus did. Yep. People, people forget that. Corinthians, the two Corinthians books, or Jesus writing a letter saying, hey, you guys fucked up. I went into your church, and I flipped over tables because you guys were fucking selling indulgences, and you guys were fucking going over the Jewish faith and ruining it. That's what those well, books were about. It was, it was about. Paul. Those Paul books writing are, letters, not, not Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Paul, you're right. Paul, <laughs> Paul writing those books. I'm sorry. Look at me being a, a bad Christian. But and I'm also and you call it two Corinthians <laughs> like the president. It's second Corinthians. But, thank you. But, but it's thank those you. books of Paul being like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And that's the thing that you have to do yeah. now. You have to be. You have to be. You have to call these people out because if you don't, 
this is when this is when complacency happens. And I'm I want to thank a lot of because a lot of games press and again this show, but a lot of games press have started to say, hey, we have to do better. We have to do better. But I want to echo what I did during Black History Month. This cannot be. Hey, we see something right now. We have to move forward. Yeah, this has to be an ongoing thing. Where are your yep. black creators when it comes in June? Where are your black creators when it comes in in August, in September, in October? Like we cannot. It cannot be a one thing when you see it. It's like we have to move forward. We have to push forward. We have to start putting more people in there. We have to start talking about other people of color. We have to start talking about women. We have to start talking about women. Black women in the gaming space have been so maligned, and it's so right. frustrating because there are so many people like I, I when I tell people that my mom was a gamer when my mom was pregnant she was playing Legend of Zelda with me while she was pregnant what? with me like it flips people out but mm. like to me that's all I knew mm. all I know is gaming because my mom was a gamer not my dad my dad was not my mom was hmm. and that's the thing that I I, I want I want there to be more representation for her because I know there are women who play because my sisters play video games. My little sister, my little sister who lives here in Jacksonville, she will buy a system just for a Zola game. That's her game. That's her favorite game. We played Ocarina of Time. I did not beat it. She did. I watched her beat Ocarina of Time. That was my summer vacation was watching my sister Rashawn to beat Ocarina of Time. And that's that's the thing that I, I, I get so frustrated when people are like, well, we don't want to we don't want to target towards black game, black women gamers because they don't play games. That's bullshit. What? They do play yep. video games. And that's the yep. thing. It's like we have to start getting these people in our spaces and see those people as our people because that's what we pull it through. It's a, a thing like I've seen a lot of people say, like, well, the VGC does a really great job. So they do a great job, but. They they can do better, and we can do better. Sonic Fox is a great person. He's a he, uh, they, yes. they are they are a, a, a great a, person a for the fighting game to watch for for the fighting game community. But they should be in more stuff because I'm pretty sure Sonic Fox plays more games than that. You know, it's it's just it's we have to start pushing yeah. for more people in our spaces, and it cannot just be right. because of this moment. Speaking of it black women in video games, thing. brief shout-out to Samus, spelled with two M's, who has an, at least one rap yeah. album about Metroid. Oh, nice. And she's fantastic. I recommend looking yes. it up. Samus, S-A-M-M-U-S. But, I, you know, I, I yes. think in general, uh, TL, you talk about like how, yeah, the, the community, video game community is pretty, pretty welcoming. It's not. I think a small percentage yeah. is very vocally welcoming. Most gamers, we, one of the things you can do if you're listening to this and you're a white person, you don't know what to do. Next time you hear some racist fucking bullshit on Xbox Live, call those people out and report them. You know, be like, hey, that's bullshit. Don't talk like that. Instead mm. of just ignoring it or logging I spent, off. I spent 20 years, over 20 years of my life not calling out racists, and I am fucking embarrassed. Yeah. I, I, I'm embarrassed. One, one thing that I've started doing, because I... We'll get to a point where uh, I see somebody, you know, having some shitty reply on Twitter and I I want to argue with them. But I I've been I'm 42 years old. I know that's fucking pointless. Yeah. Like nobody's mind is going to be changed. This is just going to be a headache for both of us. Eventually, one of us will give up and roll their eyes. Who cares? Yep. Uh, what I do instead now is uh, go look at their profile and look at their tweets and replies and say, like, OK, well, are they saying anything actionable here? Are they saying anything that could get them banned? 
And that makes me feel a little bit better going through and like just saying like, oh yeah, no, report, 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 oh, yeah. report. Oh, wait, oh, you, your, your wife, you your wife just told me. Your wife just told me search for the search for the n word. No yeah. asterisk. She she's being proactive about it. I'm being and reactive. then report. Those I love people. it that we're all di- we we've never talked about this. I I do that too. We're all internet Karens. We're just being Karens asking to speak to the manager, <laughs> but of but racists. It feels so much better than getting into an argument. We're we're like the anti-racist no, no, Karens. I I, I, I want to say it's not especially to 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 capitalize on uh, TL's point. Uh, ever since 2016, black women have saved every election for for progressives. Mm-hmm. Every single one. They have showed up. They have outnumbered everybody, and they have saved every single progressive. Against but it shouldn't be on them policy. to save our asses, right? right. And like, and then, and then, like, and then, a, a politician said, "I this is on SNL. Uh, we owe a debt of gratitude, and we should thank every single black woman in America." And Michael Chase says, "I bet you won't. I bet, <laughs> I, I bet you won't in any way." And he's not wrong, and it's it's worth acknowledging because yeah. every. every we, we we do mm-hmm. a we do a terrible disservice to black women, period. Um mm-hmm. and there is a there's a thing that happened, uh, and I the thing that pissed me off the most uh today was um a black trans woman got jumped by twenty black cis men Fuck. in a fucking riot in Minas in, in Minneapolis. And that shit, you fucking cowards. You I literally just broke an Eminem. I'm so mad. You fucking piece of shit cowards. We treat black women like they're fucking props. We wanna, we wanna, we when we when we wanna celebrate black women, we will. But we 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 shit all over their culture themselves, yeah. like in the gaming community. Think about m- much you would give someone shit if they told you that Beyonce was their favorite artist. Like, and 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 that's like not something like we think actively, what? but like like we would we would give them shit. It's like, oh, I would you like Beyonce. She's just like, but. That's the thing. It's we we denigrate and we look at black we look at black women and we don't Use we don't frogger give them noises any kind of in a song. Credit. What gamer can't like Beyonce when she uses a frogger noise in a goddamn song? It's a great one. <laughs> no, it's just but my my so my my thing is like we have to do better. Like you guys said, we have to police better. And I will say for the LTC, we don't we're not giving any fucks anymore. This is not we are. I I know people hate the phrase safe space. We are not cajoling and um, and hiding racists. If you're a racist and you say something in that community, I don't give a shit. Not only will I call you out, and I will ride you in that in that same community. You're fucking gone. This is this is no longer not playing around. I I'm just I'm actively we're fucking getting rid of you if you are going to be a racist piece of shit, a transphobic piece of shit, a homophobic piece of shit. Cannot handle. We will not deal with that anymore. Fuck that. Yeah. We're all mad, and, and and I have I have something good to close this out with. Mm. I do. Are yes. you ready? Yes. Because um, it's something I, I I wouldn't have known about unless I listened to my girlfriend's music, and she listened to more music from Black women. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Have you heard Doja Cat's Nintendo? No. Nintendo H O E. It contains more clever video game references than any song I've ever heard in my entire life. And the idea of what diversity is and listening to other people and their perspectives means growing up and like, this girl played more games than I did. <laughs> this is, these are very specific, good, good game mm-hmm. references. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a song. I'd say, I'd say, don't do this so that you can claim you have the one token black friend and that you're not racist. But yeah, if you are not, one thing you can do easily if you're not going to go protest, go expose yourself to 
black content creators, black culture, you know, mm. uh, stuff featuring black artists or go try to make more friends with black people. If you want, if you want someone to have empathy for any one single group, the best way to do that is to become friends with them and actually kind of see what they go through. And then it's, it's remarkable how quickly you will be like, all of a sudden you can start seeing things from their point of view and you will start to understand, but you do have to make that effort, you know, some, yeah. And especially like if yeah, you're out yeah. in the suburbs surrounded by white people, it's like, yeah, you might, you might have to get out of your comfort zone to go find people, but that's the only way I, I hate to say it, but that's the only way you will get that plight. Like where I was raised, there were, there was like one Jewish person on my entire block, you know, that I, that I knew of. And so I didn't understand anti-Semitism. I was just never exposed to it. And then when I finally went to college and I started having Jewish friends, I started to see what they were feeling. I'm like, Oh, that's what anti-Semitism is. That's a real thing. You know, when I found out my cousin was gay and was able to like be really good friends with and love this gay man, it's like all of a sudden I, I started seeing what he's going through. You just got to expose yourself to this stuff. I had never seen anti-Semitism until Diana showed it to me directly Mm -hmm. because it just (laughs) – it wasn't in my world. And then like – and I made jokes about it around her and she's like, that's not funny. Here's why. And she had to show me why that's not funny because like it's not gone. Yeah. It's still here. And and, and my point is like if you feel – if you're one of those people that's like, yeah, racism is not a big deal anymore. That's your privilege and you're just actually not – exposed well, to enough stuff I think, to yeah, see that, it. that comes from so so having a, a public high school education in the 80s and 90s yeah. uh you're kind of given this idea that racism ended when segregation did mm. and and that's where a lot of people are coming from like racism isn't an, a problem in this country anymore you don't need to use your own water fountains what are you complaining about and you don't understand that, like this stuff is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's more buried now. It's more it's it's even harder. What's so to bad out. about having your own water fountain? I wish I could have my own water fountain. COVID time. I would say if you're in an area where it is very kind of interspersed, you may not see overt racism, so you don't think racism happens. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to use myself as an example. When I was growing up in Jacksonville, Jacksonville is a port city. We have a military base. This is a lot of a lot of people come here as military. I, that's how I came here. I only came to Jacksonville because it was a military base for my mom. So while living in Jacksonville, I would see shit like now thinking back now, it's like oh that's kind of racist. Like I I remember seeing a dude with a rebel flag uh um wallet and he was just like oh you know it's the heritage with everything like that i, I was trying really to pay it. you <laughs> i was <laughs> i really never thought about it until i moved to alabama now i have i love alabama more than more people do i i have had some of the greatest experience in alabama however alabama was the first time i got called a nigger when someone was on the bus Jesus. who got upset Banged on the door and said, I can't wait till, because it was like Memorial Day weekend or one of those weekends. And somebody apparently spit on him. He was trying to get on the bus to fight us. And he was like, I can't wait till Monday where I get all you niggers. Like, to the bus. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. And it fucking flipped my mind. And then, like, since then, I've had, I was cleaning up at Auburn. Someone drove by and just yelled the N-word as they drove by. I, you know, so I've... I've dealt with real life racism, but I never, I never dealt with overt racism. But right. after doing that and then dealing with more stuff, I've dealt with soft racism. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the fact that <laughs> I hate making this about me because it sounds like I'm being conceited, but the fact that I didn't get a writing job outside of like doing stuff for Front Tours Gamer for free, and that was like, hey Steven, I just need something because you took all my writers, like. 
that fucking has a problem with me. Like, and, and it wasn't that it wasn't, you know, good. I would never call myself a great writer, but I was a competent writer. Mm-hmm. And you never get those opportunities, and that shit weighs on you. One of the things, and I told Chris this in, in private, we probably forgot because we probably were drunk. One of the things that got me to talk radar was it was the first thing that I saw where it was like people like me, right? Like, uh, one for the longest time, I thought Tyler, not Tyler Wilde, was black because uh, of how his how his voice was. Um, little known fact, like he's like one of the whitest well, people I've like ever when he met. Does that get out of town thing. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> but but it also where people like when the conversations were happening, it was like, oh, these are the conversations I would have with my friends, right? And and that was the thing. So it made me feel more comfortable to do podcasts. One of the things that I I love the reason why I continue to do P and B. The reason why I continue to do podcasts or come on and do stuff because I want whatever black kid is listening to this because there are someone who is black who's listening to this. Still, I want the them two to hour know, mark. Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I want them to know, like, oh hey, there's someone who is like you who is doing these things, and that's yes. the reason why I push forward. Honestly, if 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 it if it wasn't, I would stop. I would have stopped all of this. But I don't want any black kid who is growing up right now thinking I want to be in there and not think there's a possibility of being in there. And I'm not successful. I'm not I'm not where I want to be. I'm not at the point where I want to say like, oh, hey, when I look at my my life in the game industry, I've done such a great thing. I'm not. There's a lot of shit that I am very uh, upset that I never got a chance to do. But the things that I have done, the things I'm able to do, I want to fucking make sure that it is out there and it's being visible and it's being set. I want to make sure that that kid, when they listen to this, they're like, I can do that. I make the movies I make and write because I want those kids to look at that and be like, I can do that. And that's my fucking goal. And that's what I want to do with this fucking world. I love you, T.O. Awesome. <laughs> I love you. I, I really do. So, Chris, like, uh... you said that was a note to end on, but I've got a different note to end on. Oh, this is a video game podcast. I feel like if you've if you've suffered through <laughs> you've if you've been with us through almost two hours of this, possibly more, you deserve a little bit of video game talk. So uh a couple new releases last week that I wanted to talk about uh very briefly. Shantae and the Seven Sirens and Xenosaga on Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, Xenosaga Chronicles... Uh, wait, no, sorry. Yes, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles. Chronicles. Thank you. Uh, I'm mixing it up with one of the three uh, series that are named Xeno the, yeah, something. This is the definitive edition, I believe, is the designation for this. this is the well, wait, I've got, I've got the yeah. box sitting right ah, next Okay, to me. good. Yeah. Xenoblade wait, now, Chronicles wait, definitive buys, edition. Who buys physical anymore? Get the fuck out of here. You have I, to- I, <laughs> I asked for it for an early birthday present. So uh, okay. My birthday was June 4th. Now, how does this connect to Xeno Gears or Xeno Saga? I, I, I have no idea universe. because, as far as I can tell, it's about wandering around this open world village and accepting like roughly eight hundred side quests with people <laughs> who just like want me to fix their watch or kill a certain number of monsters. Uh, it like I, I am very attracted to this game and and I've wanted to play it multiple times. I think I own it on 3DS, but like it's hard to play an open world. Uh, RPG on 3DS and uh, I probably wouldn't even be getting into it this time if not for my recent experience with Final Fantasy 7 Remake which mm. also has a very similar auto battle thing where you like wander in and you just start randomly attacking the nearest enemy and then you can do special attacks 
and stuff like that. Um, it is it is really fun and really good what I've played so far. Hmm. Does it feel um, like a Wii game though? I mean, it's because it's a pretty old game now, right? A little bit, yeah. It's a pretty old game. Like it's mm. a it's an eleven year old game now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that and Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which is much newer, unless you had it with Apple, Apple Arcade, Arcade yeah. on iOS. Um, if you've played the Shantae games or, or the recent like Half Genie Hero, like it's it's kind of in that. Okay. Same mold. Uh, it's it's very much a Metroidvania. It feels very Castlevania y. It feels very Metroid y. Uh, you are a, uh, a genie in harem pants who uh, whips her hair around and turns into different things when she dances. And it's a lot of fun. I can't recommend it enough. Here's my question mm-hmm. to that one. Does that feel like a mobile game that's been brought to other platforms? or does It, it doesn't. Feel, if it it just doesn't. Feels like but a at times game, huh? it does feel like, weirdly like an NES game. Huh. Uh, partly because there are portions of it that have just like a straight up 8-bit chiptune feel to oh. them. I mean, I mean, yeah. the Shantae series has always had this very retro feel, even though the graphics are, are, are beautiful, like the newer ones and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds very much in WayForward's wheelhouse. And, and I, I really like the Shantae games. I played Pirate's Curse a few years ago. They're so good. And that's a mm-hmm. really good one if you haven't played it. Yeah. I, don't know, I love I love WayForward platformers. Mm-hmm. So I'm like 100% into this. Like, I love... Um, uh, Shovel Knight and the, the DuckTales Duck remastered. I anyone? said DuckTales, <laughs> first of all. You're not the okay. only one who likes a Disney afternoon, Chris. I make a little <laughs> bit of money off that every time it's... Per- of course I don't, and no one who's ever worked on it does. A um, couple other things that I probably I can guess we haven't played, but did anyone play Valorant, the uh, the Overwatch clone by Riot? No, nobody has played Valorous Ants. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. I really had it in my notes to do, and I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I haven't played any of that. I, right? I've ne- I never got a code for it, and then I was like, mm, I don't know if I'll ever play it. I'm not I, good I, at. I, I'm not good at first. Like, I just got the um because PlayStation Plus had the uh they put uh Star Wars out, so I just played that uh for the first time, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm actually not good at first person shooters, so I'll probably never touch Valorant. And I t- I told you guys, I I am gaming wise, I'm behind a arcade machine that I'm trying to build with a screwdriver at all times and the only thing I played worth noting is JJ Squawker's Cuphead before yes. Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> Looks good. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. JJ Squawker's everywhere. Uh, and then I've, I've heard a lot of buzz about so there's a game that Nintendo released called Clubhouse Games uh, 51 World Classics. Oh no, that Classics. looks that looks fucking rad. Yeah, it's it's like old classic board games but 51 games on on one But code. first party. Yeah. Yeah, by by Nintendo. First first party and in, in like it's something Nintendo hasn't done in a while which is um Everyone can four up to four players can download your game and play. Yeah, some of them are checkers, yeah, and yeah, Chinese and checkers. Like They're all public domain, but it's it's fifty one games. Yeah. And if you didn't see like there's like a slot car racing thing, have, you can set up four switch uh, screens. Oh, nice. And I don't know. I've never been in that situation my whole life, and I know nothing but people play games. So <laughs> right, I don't. Yeah. I don't know when you're going to set up four switch switch screens together, but like, uh, you can do it, and it automatically knows when you're doing it, and a bunch of people can play. I think it's it's either four to eight, but like, it, it's not uninteresting. It's thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, like I'm sort of dying for uh, a thing that I just tap things. It, it had that. Dude, it had what I call summer camp marble game, but it had right. a name for oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm talking it has about? Yeah, classic like, games, yeah. 
summer camp marble game. It has that on there, and you can and you you tap like it, it's it's unbelievably, according to reviews, well optimized. What do you <laughs> well optimized? Uh, one of those mini game compilations because yeah. it's from Nintendo. Yeah, I, I feel like as a parent, if I want to teach my daughter some of those classic games, it, that'd be a good way to do to go about that. So why not? Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. Switch owners, you have this to look forward to. The Outer Worlds is finally coming to Switch, so you get that yeah. this week. Oh, oh, crazy. Great, great game! One of the one of the great game one of the greatest games from last from last year. Yeah. Uh, also, if you oh. own a Switch and you play Pokemon, uh, and if you register one Pokemon into Pokemon Home, you will get the uh, the hidden abilities for the starters, uh, which will change the metagame. They announced the DLC for mm. for Pokemon uh, coming out on the 17th of this month. Uh, so that's going to change the competitive meta. Uh, but if you wanted hidden ability starters, uh, just go to Pokemon Home, uh, transfer a Pokemon over to Home, you get all three starters. Nice. Nice. So. All right. Uh, well, that just leads us to this segment. So I don't feel like doing the Hollywood segment intro, but uh, I did want to talk about this little bit of Hollywood news. Uh, Kate Blanchett. You guys might remember uh, mm-hmm. from the Lord of the Rings movies. Life Aquatic. Uh, she uh, she is starring in Eli Roth's mm-hmm. Borderlands movie, and that is one of the weirdest headlines I've oh. read about video game related stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the longest Eli headline I've heard. Making longest headline I've ever heard for <laughs> bad idea. Yeah, Eli Roth the, isn't he famously known for like torture porn movies, right? Like. Yeah, but generally like, hostile. <laughs> no. and uh, was it Green Hell? And also, he had that Green? starring role no. as the Bear Jew in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, Eli Roth like, rules. At, at what point he, is Captain Jack going to be like have his nuts shaped to like a battery a battery charger? It's like, yeah, you have to become handsome Jack now. He's like, ah. I don't know. I, I like, like Cabin Fever, yeah. but my favorite Eli Roth movie is the one he directed in the middle of Inglorious Bastards about a uh, Nazi shooting a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Seriously, you saw the movie, right? Inglorious Bastards, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yes, and the guy who sniped a billion people and they made uh, a movie out of oh, Eli Roth. Oh, he directed that, that mini-movie? Yes, in, in he the directed movie? the movie in the movie. Wow. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. He directed... Seriously, look mm-hmm. it up. Sorry. Now, now I just made a bad that, joke. That thing like where the guy who is the movie is about like gets disgusted yes. and has to leave halfway through and you think, like, oh, he's a decent person and, oh, Eli no, he's Roth actually a directed racist. that. Yeah. <laughs> It turns out you make a lot of moral compromises to be a Nazi. Mm, funny um, at that. least back then, they knew when they were doing it. Um, so other news is more news about stuff getting moved back because of everything that's going on. So I just want to uh, call out. So Sony was supposed to do a big PS5 event intended not for June 5th that they decided to move back because of everything going on. And um, I, I just think that's a really smart move. And, and I, I applaud them for, for having the awareness to be like, yeah, it's not the time. It's, it's not a celebratory time right now. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of the reasons we, right. we did this show this mm-hmm. way. It's, Made it just the show feels weird to talk yeah. about I, I saw some people saying like, oh, well, blame BLM for this. Like, dude, you can wait a yeah, week. Come if, on. If you're Don't be if, a fucking if you baby. Would, if, if you would rather see specs about a system that you can't buy until November anyway, yeah, uh, what the fuck, and, and be upset that someone fucking laid their knee on someone's neck and people are p- yeah. pissed off about it, you can go yeah. literally fuck I'm off. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm going to die in three days. I, 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 I'm going to do the thing that white people hate the most. If that's your take, 
then you are part of the problem, and that's probably kind of a racist take yes. to have. If you if you really you have to acknowledge if you're so mad this week about Sony not making their announcements, you have just learned what white privilege is. <laughs> you, you, you are really have. you are being white privilege. You really have. You've learned. You're the news. You are. (laughs) (laughs) That's my brand. I told told you guys the utter utter tragedy uh, for me on this is that Sony, I I believe, like, yeah, why would you want to announce anything? We don't want to fucking make a fucking show in the middle of this. Why would you want to announce Why would you want to? My God, we barely wanted to. Why would you want to put. Why would you want to lead with your best foot forward for seven years this week? Of course you wouldn't. But that didn't stop them from canceling ads on Adult Swim advertising the June Fourth stream, and, and Matt, like like the ads were there. What are they going to do? Yeah. But like, I have never in my life seen an ad for E three, and that's essentially what this was. That's why it bums me out so much. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of E three, we get National Guard occupying the LA Convention. Yeah. Center. The, Sony. Sony was like. And it wasn't just every, like, uh, hour. It was, like, every 10 minutes on Adult Swim, mm-hmm. June 4th, tune in. You'll, like, it was an advertisement for a thing that, 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 that kept running even though they canceled it. And it's, like, they're, it's right. There's a certain amount of people, like, only get their, like, don't aren't on Twitter and don't get their, maybe don't check an email and aren't online. And, like, now they're, like, all right, I'm here. What, what? You fucking liars! Black Lives Matter is terrible! <laughs> and I, I, I hate it. I hate thinking about the results of this. Right, so don't get me wrong. I really wish that this event was happening. Like, this was... Yeah. I was going to... I was going to do my first ever live stream. I was going to talk over the event and, and, and act like I was a... Another you have totally done a live stream before. Don't, uh, don't, don't. I'm not well, going to allow you to get away with that. Well, I mean, I was going to do. We were going to do one for the Sony event, so that we were very excited to do that. But like, yo, the world's there's other things to worry about in the fucking world. You, yep. You'll get your game announcement that you can't play for. You'll get your lie announcement like months in advance. You're going to see stuff. You're going to be like, oh, I can't wait to play that. And when you play it, you're like, it's not as good as I thought it was. Like, <laughs> now, like you'll get that. Later, just wait. <laughs> Fuck, God yeah. damn! All the games they're going to announce for the PS5 will not be as good as the games that uh, launch on the last year of the PS4. Yes, there mm-hmm. I said it. <laughs> uh, similar similar move was made by Activision. Uh, Call of Duty was supposed to have new seasons start for Modern Warfare, Warzone, and Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, they delayed those, and yeah, the, the only reason I throw this in here is like. I kind of feel like, and maybe I'm stereotyping Call of Duty fans, but like those are the bros that are probably the ones complaining about the Sony thing getting moved as well. Like, so oh. I got nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things Call of Duty, one of the things that Call of Duty or Activision has done, um, which yo, like, I, I want to take the Chris stance of like, I don't want to yell at you for finally getting there, uh, but they are going to start uh, monitoring um, username and um, as well as. Um, um, chat chat messages for racial slurs and insensitivities. Like, thank you for finally doing this thing. Like, it's been uh, twenty years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, thank you for finally getting there. Uh, but they they are definitely moving forward to that. Um, when when, when I, did the Call of Duty Battle Royale come out? Like uh, March? Couple months uh, yes. ago. Yeah. Yes. Warzone. Yeah. And and the best the best fucking assist the best squad mate I've ever had in that game, which I had for three hours. Through multiple sessions, I don't know how he got it. His 
fucking gamer tag was COVID nineteen. <laughs> like, how, how, like, how the fuck did you get this? How did you get this? <laughs> like, why are you allowed to? Ch- I know you have to pay money to change your name now, but red like, five standing by, uh, yellow five, gold five standing by, COVID nineteen standing by. I keep thinking the COVIDs would be a really good band name, but then you know, eight thousand more people die, and I feel bad about I, it. Uh, yeah. I had to say the phrase I never would have survived without COVID nineteen. <laughs> uh, like, it, like, oh man. This is a thing that happened. I can show you screenshots. I took them. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like all caps yeah. and everything. It was fucking And wonderful. and by the way, I've I've seen a bunch of like right wing commentators like, oh, so I guess COVID's no longer a problem because all no, these people are out is. in the streets. Like, no, they know it's a problem. They're braving it. They they yeah. are ready <laughs> if, to take the fall with this disease. If you're complaining about tra- if you're complaining about black people being on the street for COVID nineteen, realize that COVID nineteen has ravaged the black community way more because oh, of the absolutely. Institu- because of the institutionalized racism as it comes already as healthcare. And mm-hmm. <laughs> fun fact, I've been working in healthcare for twelve years, so I understand. That's that. right, you have um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the institutionalized racism with healthcare. So realize that we would rather risk our lives to get this respiratory disease that will more likely kill more of us. To let you guys know the police shouldn't fucking kill us anymore. That should tell you right there, you fucking dumbasses. Ah! You know, if I if I may whisper something, I, I really want to whisper something. The only difference between a liberal and conservative conservative is um uh liberals are more comfortable confronting discomforting things uh that are going to require a change of their way of life. And conservatives right now have leaned on people like Rush Limbaugh and like, this is a dumb thing to do. Why would we ever uproot our way of life? Uh, what, <laughs> why would we ever change what we do? Why would we? You are leaning on a bunch of excuse makers to allow you to keep living the way that you are while the rest of us suffer. Mm-hmm. And, and if, it, it, like, if the only thing I wish Merriam Webster would do is to. Go to their website and underneath the word great, like, cool, awesome, uh, uh, dash, a uh, hundred thousand people dead from a preventable disease, 400 million people. thousand now, thank you, as of this recording. 40, 40 million people unemployed. Everyone's mad. Every city's on fire. That's what great means. Yeah, and that, that's great. the thing, like, I, I always try to keep the show apolitical, but no, in your hearts, I am so fucking mad all the time! Oh my god! That's his secret, just like Bruce yeah. Banner. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even get to hear it when he's articulately mad. Like, I swear, like, Michael's <laughs> really good at being mad. <laughs> you know who's really good at being <laughs> really mad? really is. Is wrestling fans. Uh, but they might yeah. not have stuff to be mad about later uh, for very soon because Visual Concepts did a Reddit AMA with their new producer um, where he talked all about the changes they're making to the series. Yeah, so you say uh, they're, the way they're improving WWTK, I hold that there is no way to improve it because Chris and I are already in the game. As you well know. Do I need to <laughs> So I found that out. That First of all, I would like to say, Dave Redden, are you serious? You didn't tell me uh, that uh, 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 Second of all... Like, I didn't, I didn't know that. 
I got oh, what? you. You couldn't so, find Travis and Foster. Well, no. Okay, first of all, I've been going by TL Foster for like a year now. So Dave, David, running. Um, but no, I didn't know that I could make my friends in the game and make Michael. But what's the what's the bastardized way they say? Oh, oh, uh, like, I'll, I'll share it. Here we go. Making his way to the ring from San Francisco, California, weighing in at two hundred fifty pounds. So I I didn't know that. Sir Pac-Man goes, you son of a bitch. So I mean that's you know you know what actually guys in this country black people need rapperizations is is what (laughs) needs but like like me and Matthew do the wrestling show. You couldn't put a you couldn't put a you couldn't put a um, well, I, I guess you could do Matthew Allen. I guess you could do Travis that's, Foster. That's so guaranteed like, in there. <laughs> but you could have put no, a No, Dave Rudden has too much power when it's like, <laughs> Tranquil Booze! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was, I, was presently, I was very upset that I had, down, I had uninstalled WWE 2K20 and reinstalled 2019. And I was like, mm. I got told that. And I was like, well, shit. I wish I would have known that. I would have kept it. It might have oh, been in 2019 I my WWE subscription because in any other world where there was less news that occurred every day by a person who's not a moron, uh, WWE is guilty of the worst corruption in the universe and is has really, really jeopardized all of its talent uh, in the worst way possible and deserves to suffer in the worst way possible right now. So, uh, well, not uh, to not to make this a cheap podcast thing, but I've been sitting on this. Well, apparently, uh, one, they're making the network free, which parts okay, of it. they have, they yeah, have parts a free of version. it, free version, yeah. Um, and two, it looks like that they're signing like they should have they shouldn't have made a whole post about firing talent, and they should have said they were furloughing talent because they're they just signed back um, as of this recording tonight. Drake Maverick, and they're they're in talks to signing back Zack Ryder, um, Curtis Curtis Hawkins, and No Way Jose, and Kurt Angle. Like they they are it is basically the furloughed talent. Yeah, to... it's, it's almost it's almost as if uh, the get back to work movement was based on uh, firing people and hiring them for less money. Yes, hmm. I yeah. don't understand. So we'll talk about this in G Podcast, but those guys have contracts, and the way contracts work is you get paid regardless, and so it's like. How did that even work? Because you have to well, usually if you're a payout an, with a contract. If you're an independent oh, okay. contractor and do not have a union, you don't have to, you pay you have a pay for pay contracts. So that's how those things work. That is the that is the secret in professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, they basically they, renegotiated by firing them and then talking to them like, "How would you like less?" Mm. Yes. And there's people <laughs> who like their whole dream was to be in WWE. Like that was Drake Maverick's dream was to be in WWE. Like Nigel McGuinness is the same way. So. <sighs> And this is infuriating, and this is the the this is number five thousand and seventy six on the list of things that are wrong like right now. Wrestlers pay, but it's still worth talking about. Well, yeah. And if you if you want to talk about uh, injustice against black people in the wrestling world, yeah, check out hey. we we've talked about that in previous episodes of Cheap Podcasts before a lot. We went off. Of, tell me, was, Jordan Miles has a video game stream. Please tell me that's where this is going. Uh, also, also, recipe Shad Gaspar. 
Yes, uh, indeed. But absolutely. so so yeah, sorry. This this producer Patrick Gilmore was is in the AMA. This is going to get you excited, TL. He's talking about mm-hmm. the game. The gameplay is really what they're focusing on for the next investment, which is again not this year, but next year. Mm-hmm. Here look there and here's what they're drawing inspiration from. Um we're looking at much loved previous games like No Mercy or mm. SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, mm. along with top franchise installments and more modern wrestling and fighting games to build an all-new philosophical foundation for the game. So back in the day when there was uh, video game journalists, um, you would say, what do you mean? And he would yeah. say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned the popular games. What do you mean? Well, I don't so those things as a wrestling, wrestling video game fan excite me. Um, I would love a very dedicated uh, career mode. Like WWE 2000s, WWE No Mercy, uh, or WWF No Mercy, WWF 2000. Uh, but are those games going to be buggy mess? Like I love, I want to say again, this is my love to Dave Rudden. I think the WWE story modes have been tremendous. Uh, they are ridiculous and they're crazy, and I love every second of them. But that last game, the reason why I uninstalled it, it is unplayable. It still has <laughs> bugs today, and that sucks shit. Because I will play those sh- those bad wrestling games for such a long time because I enjoy playing them, but those bugs are just a little bit too much. So I want them to take a year off. I need them to dedicate time to make those games good. Mm. And if it's not a buggy mess, I'm, I'm 100% here for it. Well, I think some of the things you're referring to as bugs are maybe just like um, – I think a lot of the problem I've had with those games, they're, they're – n- they're a little finicky it, depending on like where you are it doesn't do a good job of saying like if i'm trying to climb the the ring post it might not know that that's what i'm trying to do and he specifically called that out is like they want to make the game a little smarter depending on the situation of kind of knowing what the player is intending to do like oh are you trying to dive through the ropes here you're trying to go over the ropes and give them gameplay ways to to do certain things <laughs> i don't want to sink through the ring or if yeah. i'm in a tag match <laughs> i don't want the tag member not to know to get on the ropes to tag in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's definitely some bugs, but I'm, you know, hey, he invoked the No Mercy name. He's got a lot to live up to if, he, if you're going to do that. So, um, you know, good luck. Yeah, I want this game to be, I want this wrestling game to be a lot like Super Mario 3. No questions. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little vague, but it's still a little early because they have two years. Um, last <laughs> bit of, of news, and it's a little bit of news, little, just a little news. A little tiny um, news. Little tiny news. Sega is as a, releasing as a snack. is releasing the Game Gear Micro in Japan. For who? This is so in crazy to me. It's $45. Each one has four games. There are four different ones. You know, I yes. was thinking, how do I play columns on the go? And <laughs> you know. I know. And there, and there we go. Yep. I was I was thinking like like what is the lowest denomination of poker chip at Jeffrey Epstein's party and it's probably these Game Gear chips because they are just as immoral and stupid and a waste of plastic. Mm. Fuck Game but, Gear. But I'm I'm kind of pissed off because I bought this thing called the RG350, which is a a super like handheld emulator it? machine. And I found out that uh, to to play uh, Game Gear games among other games, PlayStation games, for example. I found out that they just released the RG350M, like, uh, six months after I bought this other thing, 
It, mm. it, it has like a twice the screen resolution. It's made of metal. Like, God damn it. Oh, wow. it we're, we're, we're back in like you buy a console and they release a better one literally six months later territory. You can't flash new firmware on that one. Obviously, you can't improve the resolution, but then <sighs> no. we'll at least run the mobile games. Or, yeah, wow. Hmm. Yeah, so, so these things, they are tiny, by the way. And I love, I saw a tweet about this. They say Sega simultaneously announced the thing, introduced the problem with that thing, and solved the problem all in the same release. Yeah. Because the handheld is only 80 millimeters wide. <laughs> uh, I'm an American. Tiny. I have no idea it's what that so means. It's so tiny. Well, the, the whole thing fits in the palm of your hand. So imagine what the screen size is. The screen size is 1.15 inches across. I, like, holy shit, the Game Gear already sucked. <laughs> like, why? Why do this to yourself? Do you like the Game Boy? How would you like non-exclusive games, worse versions yeah. of things you like, and to pay $400 and, and like, at least $10 an hour for batteries? You order all four of them, which you oh, will because you're a shut-in now. Yeah, you, you get that magnifying glass little, like... The thing that, like, we remember those accessories we all had for our Game Boys that were like, yes, the, they would go yes, over yes the they screen. were terrible, especially <laughs> with the Game Boy Advance with its reflective ass fucking screen. There's only one. There's only one person I can think this this game system is perfect for. Hmm. Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt, who's been in a <laughs> been in the ground for twelve years, who doesn't know any better, mm-hmm. would love this thing. Yeah. You also like, go check out that interactive special. I, I asked you. That's my question of the week to everyone else. What is the Game Gear killer app? Because everything they sold us on was ports of things that worked better other places. Axe Battler or the Ninja Gaiden that EGM came down on for being just a clone of Strider. Now, I, got, I know you guys listed a few of the games. Did we list all the games on all four of them? Because it's, it's weird how they kind of no. themed... They've themed these colors, so the, the black one comes with Sonic, Outrun, Royal Stone, and Puyo Puyo Su. Um, I'm going to say right now, no one, uh, no other version should have Sonic, because no one wants that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blue comes with Sonic and Tails, oh. Gunstar Heroes, so this is already a leading contender for me, uh, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. Yep. Red includes the Game Gear Shinobi, Columns, and two Megami Tensei Gaiden games. Jesus. And yellow has Shining Force, Shining Force 2, Shining Force Final Conflict, and Nazu Puyo Aruro no Ru. So the yellow one is the one I'm going to get because I love Shining Force and I love the hmm. uh, Puyo Puyo. Well, game, that's so. assuming they come oh, out yeah. in the U.S. in the same yeah, form. Yeah, this, this is all Japan in October October 6th. Is yeah, when also, coming, also so. I'm, I'm not real jazzed about the whole four games per mini console yeah. for $45. For 45 bucks, right. Well, considering I, I, like an SNES Classic was what, 70, 80 retail? Something like that. Maybe. If you f- could find it retail. I'm That's ha- happy thing. To, I, I am I'm unbelievably happy to announce if you listen to the show, um, instead of buying this game, you should donate money to the Minnesota Freedom Fund yeah. or the NAACP or something else. Or do like I did and went to the the uh, Act Blue thing that splits your donation across I 60 that, plus yeah. Uh, different yeah. bail funds and charities. I donated $500. Can you do better? I bet you can. Or can you do $5? I don't care. Do I don't mean to. I don't mean to harp on this product because it was announced during the period of the one of the worst situations in civil rights of my lifetime. But this is useless, and this is exactly why everyone's mad. Uh, like, like, yeah, this, this sucks. is exactly why everyone's mad. <laughs> Jesus yes, Christ. this sucks. This is the <laughs> dumbest product ever, 
and you should absolutely buy anything else and especially <laughs> donate to charity. You should you should show Sega like this is what I did instead of buying your product. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I donated I gave it away instead of buying this from you. Yeah. I, I donated stupid. your product to Act Blue. Uh, I am com. saying this uh, well one is someone who uh believes there's no good game gear games. That's where I'm at. And I had borrowed a game gear for a long time. And I'm dying for a Nintendo Mini Game Boy product. I would love a good... The fucking Super... The last SNES Mini came with 26 games. Four? Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Why I don't, don't know how you'd know if there were good Game Gear games because the battery only lasted five minutes. Yeah, how so could you'd you only play will not dissuade me. I played a shitload of Game Gear games. They suck. I They're have awful. a... I have a huge run in my heart of Sonic and Tails. Well, there you go. Uh, because that's what my co- me and my cousins played. So. I did not expect this kind of turncoterie <laughs> on this show. I really didn't. I didn't. Travis, I, I was trying to do the right thing. Um, you're going to be on record for this. Good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I'm the I'm the person. My claim to fame to this fucking Laser Time Network was I was the person who said Lab Before Time is better. I mean. That uh, we're back at Dinosaur Story is better than Lamb mm. Before Time, and I, I still stand by that. Damn it! It's a great person, movie. You're the person to uh, show me the Mac, which is a movie I've watched at least one and a half times since, and I love. I, I fucking love the Mac. TL the Mac once again proving so Black Lives Matter. That doesn't mean they always have good opinions. TL. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mac is a fucking tremendous <laughs> film. Everyone should watch the Mac. Now, this I, is what I feel you do like with I, your I, Black I owe it to the Mac to go back and watch it again sober because the last time I tried to watch it, I immediately like drank half of a bottle of Pancho Villa tequila, Ooh. and I I that is one of the the worst things I've ever done in my life, and the things that ensued afterward. TL, I do not know how you proclaim Black Lives Matter simultaneously with you should spend money on Sonic and Tail. I love uh, Sonic like, and Tails. Like I, I can't, I, don't know. I can't, can't do say, this. I can't, I can't say why I love that game, <laughs> but I do. I, 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 I told my roommate this is like there's a lot of media that I like that's that's kind of bad. Like I know, <laughs> I know that we're <laughs> back in our short story. You know, I, 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 I never that, thought I'd say this. That game here also has Gunbuster or sorry, Gunstar Heroes. It's Gunstar probably Heroes. fantastic. Right. That's the best I never thought I'd say this, TL, but this is a bad look. Gunstar Heroes, <laughs> Clo- one of Clover's best games of all time. Is that, Clo- that Clover? No, Treasure. Uh, treasure. Uh, treasure. Treasure. There we go. Treasure. Same people who one did Treasure's Mischief best Makers. Games. Yes, you yes, did. Uh, they did the Fantastic Astro Boy game. Yes! As the, well. One of the best uh, games on Game Boy Advance. Love Treasure. Love Gunstar Heroes. But I will get it mainly for Stomping and Tails because I love that game so much. And because of... <laughs> The the stuff that like it, it brings me back to my it brings me back to my childhood of being in in uh, Fort Gaines Georgia and Fort sitting Gaines. in my uh, <laughs> being, uh, <laughs> sitting in my sitting in my cousin's house while we were while we were playing NBA Jam and reading a Game Pro and learning how to unlock characters. So I will always love that. I'm going to redeem you, TL. It's a good thing. I'm going to invoke you at the beginning of this episode. Black people are not a monolith. You don't have to share this man's opinion about these <laughs> yeah. bad games. As he's sitting in a bunker playing Sonic and Tails and planning in Oh, we must be drunk if we this kind of 180. Chris, he was checking out the bunker. He was just doing an inspection at 11 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah, he wasn't being bundled there with his wife and family, who he detests. 
Look, I got Dan Everick to say that he, in a in a snowstorm, played through Night Trap. I did not have to take this, even though in the same podcast I was recommend I was recommending an HD remake of Sewer Shark, which should absolutely 100% happen. I so want- I'm so glad we did this. <laughs> We've gone off. We've gone off. This has been a lot of fun. This has been all the news that is fit to play. Uh, we should probably get on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. I feel like I owe it to the people who answered last week with no idea of what they were getting into. Uh, yes. At the, at the end of our, our very long, very political <laughs> 370th episode. It somehow turned it into TL, like standing on a soapbox for Sonic. This was tail. great. It's a good. It's a good I don't, game. I don't listen fucking to him. Care. He this never was, was this loud during the other stuff. <laughs> you get to fight. You get to fight an ant lion robot in the first level. <laughs> like, okay, okay, awesome. that should be I at least it. a top five. Like Japanese games <laughs> that make you fight a fucking ant lion. What even is that? <laughs> what is that? Lion. It's an insect so, that hides under the ground. <laughs> I am going to throw up. Oh my god, I love you. So Uh, Uh, so, yeah, last week's question week. Tell us about your childhood mom and pop game shop. Oh, okay. So um, I actually there was a Chinese um, there was a Chinese like uh, video store that used to be right next to a Chinese restaurant um, where I live in Jacksonville. Uh, It was like it was like a a way like I could walk to right. And in that in that video store, I'd never seen it before. They had that's where they where I first got uh, my chance. To play uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters right when Ooh, I got into professional wrestling. Nice. So I will always have a like a dying love for that restaurant, and it was I also where like game. I got to see movies like um, like a lot of the kung fu movies I love, uh, a lot of like um, Korean movies I love, and a lot of anime that I I would have never got a chance to. Uh, it was that small uh, a Chinese restaurant, uh, Chinese not Chinese restaurant, but Chinese um, uh, video place, and it went away. As soon as like Blockbuster started shutting down, it shut down, and I remember being so upset because how else was I going to watch Ungbok? Like that's where I got <laughs> my copy of Ungbok was there. So I I I miss it. I forgot the name of the place. Is, the, is that the one where so the wrestler much. throws the baby elephant through a plate glass window? Uh, that is the one where I, the the thing I always remember Fuck, is being I over my buddy, <laughs> being my, over my buddy Lewis's house, and he's like his, his dad. Um, who is like from Puerto Rico? So he's like English is like kind of like a little broken. He's like he's like Travis, you have to watch this. And it's when uh, Danny Yang does the double knees through the guy from like when there's like the face of Buddha over them. And he was like, "This is the greatest movie I ever." So I was like, "Yes, this is the greatest movie I've ever." Seen I still in my need life. to watch that. I, we we I think we still have a copy of Ong Back Two from like Netflix <laughs> back when they actually right. sent out discs. We still have it. Telling. That's like that's like five dollars a month you've been paying. I, 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 I had it, I had it written down in my podcast notes, um, and I didn't say it because like it was for thirty twenty ten, and it was about the Karate Kid remake starring Jackie Chan, who is not skilled in karate and also not from Japan, where karate is. Yes. And 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 I was working in a Chinese restaurant, and my my boss was like, "Hey man, let's go fucking." I would never ever do a broken broken impression of my Chinese boss, except when it's funny. Um, and, and he's like, uh, "There's a there's a fucking mango tree down the street. Let's go fucking grab all their mango." And, I, and I'm like, "Why?" Like he's like, and "Like like do I get all? Am I still being paid?" Like, "Yeah, man, come with me. Like take me 
take me the mangoes. <laughs> and like Hari Kundabalu, who had like the thing about like, oh, we should have a podcast that's just Indians talking about how much they love mangoes. Anyway, dude, sorry, my my no my my granddad in Miami had a, had a, had mango trees. So like, I can't like eat regular mangoes from the store because they're they're either under ripening. Yeah. But like I like I have very vivid memories of <laughs> Matthew will will appreciate this of going to my uncle's house watching the San Antonio Spurs play basketball when Dennis Rodman was still playing there. Mm-hmm. So this is like in the in the in the mid nineties. Um and my my uncle giving me and my sister a a um, a mango and a butter knife. It's like, all right, well, you guys just eat this now. And I just remember eating them, and they're just like being so juicy. And they're like, there's nothing better than this. There's nothing better than watching not, the San Antonio like, Spurs. With like, that is the most toe. impossible fruit to eat with a butter knife. Holy shit. <laughs> the dude ran a restaurant and could uh, easily order food to his place. Like, like, let's go steal some mangoes. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like. You know what? Fine, let's do this. Yeah, well, that, and, uh, that's the and, job and, where like that woman called you the N word, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and, and then like, uh, and I'm like, are, is that safe? Are we going to be okay? And he said, and it's my favorite broken English thing I've ever heard. It's fine, man. Bitches think we all know karate. (laughs) 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 Bitches think we all know karate. And guess what? He didn't say bitches. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He said a word I won't say. And like he was making a joke to get me out of the office. It was so great. It was. (laughs) All right. So this week's question, (laughs) last week's question of the week, was tell us about your childhood. Yes, please. Mom pop game store. uh, I will. Uh, I'm going to start with Trish Kittle because my buddy Reese and I love Reese. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, they are they are one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, so Reese says uh, there's a small game store near my parents' house called Another Castle. It started off around 2010 as a small game store. Over the years, it's since ballooned to a small chain across Washington State. And two of the locations, one in Edmond and one in Bellingham, uh, has full arcades, uh, complete with alcohol, in addition to a store. Uh, to a store, I was worried they would completely shutter during COVID-19 pa- uh, pandemic, but they have since shifted to curbside p- uh, pickup. Now we're buying new and old games for them as long as Washington remains under lockdown. Got to support lo- uh, local businesses. Local businesses, after all. And I have been to another yes. castle when I went to PAX in twenty. Um, 2016, uh, and I stayed with I stayed with Reese, and uh, so I went with them, and I that's when I did karaoke, and I did uh, Poison by Belviv DeVoe, which is my go-to karaoke song. Never trust uh, a big button. Smile. Never trust a big button. Smile. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it it is a full-on like arcade arcade, but then they also sell store uh, sell um, uh, merchandise and they sell games there. Uh, it's really great, and like I said, they have like a whole karaoke night, and it's also where the first time I, I played the Pac-Man versus game because I'd never played it before. Oh, yeah. oh, that's fantastic! And when I went there and they had it there, and I was like, "Oh shit, what is this? This is so great!" Uh, I also whooped Dylan Tierney's ass in uh, all games, all CP2 fighter games because I'm really good at CP2 fighters. Yeah, I, I will say that that is the one part that I'm sad about with some of the rioting that uh, my I was talking to my parents and they were telling me like, oh, you remember this restaurant that we went to? Like, yeah, oh, they smashed out all the windows. And it's like, I, I feel bad for like local businesses that got hit, especially. Right. Um, but like U.S. Bank, like, fuck it. Starbucks, fuck it. Those companies are insured out the ass. 
Yeah, who gives a shit a target gets raided because it's yeah. fucking target. Also, like I remember, I read a thread about like that that first target that kind of kicked off the looting, and it's like people were saying like this store you don't understand. Like this is the Lake Street Target in Minis- in in Minneapolis that is like a pilot store for all these surveillance programs, and they set they put it specifically in a low income neighborhood because they thought people would shoplift, and they wanted to try and prevent it with these these new things that they're testing out. So, like, I kind of get that. Okay, fine. Dude, I, I'm just happy that I, I, I took TL to uh, Tallahassee's Game for Less. Yes! Mm. And when, when we were in there, they played the Silver Surfer theme, and I turned to him like, I think they're making fun of me. <laughs> but it was the reality is, it, it's such a small world and a small hobby. No one in there knew who I was. Right. A couple of guys mm. knew who I was. To be, to be fair... So we have a game store here called Games Lore, and when I went in there, they sold old magazine. And wouldn't you be surprised? But I found the Summertime Games Radar magazine that was written by <laughs> <laughs> was written by Shane and Chris. And I was like, Wow, I know these people. <laughs> like these are these are my friends. My friends wrote this. And he was like, Are you, like you're being crazy? It's like, but I know these people. So that's always been hilarious. You know, I, I've never talked about that with <laughs> at least Michael. Like, um, a uh, three of my retro stores here consider retro magazines to be exactly the same as as, as retro video games. Really? And yeah, yeah, dude, it's really fucking weird and it's like do you buy these and like yeah we buy these and like mm. this one's worth ten dollars so this pokemon on the cover i'm like well i wrote a dementium review <laughs> and like, uh, like it's so it's so fucking strange huh uh because huh. like I, I i i've thrown out every magazine i ever had except the ones i've written things for and even those are like they are on they are on the the edge of the conveyor belt towards the lava pit. See, like, I, I, I keep do not all care. my video game magazines because I love it when they make weird predictions about the future. And if you like revisit yeah. them now, it's just like, oh, you thought that like, oh, you'd save the princess and she'd give you a real life phone number. What the fuck was wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't taken a shit uh, <laughs> while reading a twenty year old game magazine, it's really fun. <laughs> It's really, uh, really fun. So to get into the rest of these answers, uh, Ghost Baby says, For me, over here in Jolly England, it was a small family-run video rental shop called Video Extra. Through the 8-bit era, they had rented games from a small corner of the shop separate from the VHSs. I'll never forget the warm Sunday afternoon that I walked in to find a crowd of gawking preteens staring at a new game on their tiny screen. Super Mario World on an import SNES. Obviously, at the time, I didn't know what it was. Just that it had Mario and screen-filling bullet bills. It was the second stage. None of us could believe how good it looked. We queued over an hour just so we could have... We could each have a five-minute turn. I'm 37 now, and I've never forgotten that day. 
Yeah, Soren7550 says, I worked at one actually. Game Champ it was called, and while I enjoyed working with most of the folks, the owners were sketchy and a bit dickish, one of which spent a good half hour or so yelling at me for wearing a tank top when I was forced to stand outside in 90 plus degree blazing sunny day to sell backpacks. Yeah, it sounds like a video game store selling backpacks. Uh, customers would frequently be big bullies because they knew they could get away with it, such as the guy who believed we would be the downfall of society because we sold video games and Shopkins and not microscopes, which according to him, would get Trump elected. And all the locations I knew what? of were all within a block of a GameStop. But on the bright side, after Game Champ went under, one of my co-workers went on to open his own video game store, Brooklyn Game Shack, and that is at BK Game Shack on Twitter. Check them out if you're ever in NYC. Can't vouch for that shop. Never been there, but why not? You get a free plug. Congrats. And Patrick Imbo says, we mostly rented our games at a store called Bianco's, a family-owned chain. I still remember renting out game consoles in these huge armored briefcases. I remember the briefcases. Yeah, seeing the Jaguar behind the shelf and hating myself for not owning one, finally breaking my dad into renting a Sega Saturn. The clearance sale where I got Suicoden 2 and Vandal Hearts for $5. Canadian. Uh, good times. That's like a buck fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly that. Probably three fifty, but okay. <laughs> Brian Stafford says, We had a small mom and pop arcade chain called Nickel City that had both games in five cent denominations as well as a couple rows of free to play games after paying a two dollar admission. I used to walk two miles every day in the summer, uphill both ways, uh, with pockets weighed down in nickels and played both the newest arcade games of the late 90s, a bunch of ticket games, and of course, a premium selection of 80s and 90s free-to-play games like Knights of the Round Table and The Punisher, the one with the cigar-chewing Nick Fury as player two. Besides establishing a love of all kinds of different arcade experiences, I have two prevalent memories. One was seeing one of the workers come in wearing a Weezer shirt, which was around the time the Blue Album came out, and band merch was hard to find, so of course I thought he was the coolest person ever. The second was that they had two machines together that were not grounded correctly, so if you touched metal parts on both simultaneously, it would send an electrical jolt through your body. Since we were all dumb kids in there, instead of seeing it as a danger and telling the staff about it, we treated it as something we would dare each other to do. I probably took five years off my life, but for Arcade Street credit at the time, it was worth it. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Oh, nice. Uh, I I, I, I kind of kick myself. Um, so Adam, uh, who does a lot of this stuff, and I've recorded a of times with him, I've never been to Flipping Greats, and I want to fix that. Uh, next mm-hmm. time I go to Tallahassee, I definitely want to fix that. Mm, I'm sure Adam would not have ungrounded machines in his fine establishment. No. He would not, definitely. And Kirk Honecker says, My parents rented out the arcade in my local mall for my 18th birthday. It was amazing. It was after close, so it was literally just me and my friends. It was a crappy little arcade, but it was still probably my best birthday ever. My family was really poor when I was growing up, so this was a huge deal. I didn't get any gifts that year, just that, but it was worth it. That's a really yeah. cool gift, renting out an arcade. I, yeah. I remember, like, I just remember going to, like, games, uh, not games, but going to, like, uh, Chuck E. Cheese and having a birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. I didn't have the, um, no quarters thing, but I always had, like, uh, as we talked about race earlier, I always remember, like, playing Ninja Turtles and, like, it would always be, like, four different kids that we never knew before 
uh, and going over there and get and playing the game and like when you got to the Technodrone, everyone was like, "Yo, we got here!" It was like, "I can't believe it either!" Like that it was so that was always so much fun. I always will always can I, remember. Can that. I ask you a Ninja Turtles question? Yes. In your head canon, are any of the Ninja Turtles black? Uh, no. So Donatello, um, I, I feel okay. So. Maybe when it it's comes just to, like, the purple cartoon... headband, but I think Donatello is <laughs> <laughs> I, For some reason, well, in my Donatello was Donatello, Donatello was, he was my favorite because he does machines. Uh, yes. But, yeah. like, to me, when I think of cartoon characters being black, like Goofy, Goofy's 100% black. Um, Goofy movie is a, is a black movie. Tevin Campbell plays Powerline, and Powerline is the same type of animal that Goofy is. So, yes, Goofy is black. Like, someone asked me, like, I was like, oh, that's a black movie. Like, are you sure about that? It's like, yes, they are all black. Pete, Pete, PJ, Goofy, Max, they're all black. They're mm, all Did, did I say that black. last weekend when, like, when I went to go steal money from Walmart? I wore my Goofy movie shirt because I know it relaxes black people. Yes. Powerline. It relaxes all people. <laughs> It all people period, but like, dude, every time I'm at like a bar or a club, like, and the bouncer's black, he's like, "Fuck, boom, goofy movie." I'm like, I get in first. Did I take it? So when I, when I went on my Disneyland trip last year, when when you could go to Disneyland, Max was one of the characters they had during the character meet and greet, and I was like, were they out of costumes? Like, no one has seen Max since the '90s. What is going on? I seen him. I saw him twice in Tokyo Disneyland. The only time I went there. Everyone Power, loves Max. Max is fucking great, and Powerline's great, yep. and the Goofy movie is a black movie. Uh, Sorry, I want to. I love. I want to read one uh, more answer before we get to our video answer this week. Uh, this is from some dipshit, aka at EZL Kill K I L L on Twitter, uh, who says the Playland Arcade in the town I grew up in and still currently reside in was across the street from the beach and had a miniature golf course on the roof giving you an ocean view and I have many fun and interesting memories of it, like when there was a riot at the Chris Cross concert. On the beach, and the arcade was right, was damaged. It was the last time they would have MTV visit my town, or when Mortal Kombat <laughs> One popped up, and there was a line to play. And the one kid who knew all the fatalities and with ev- whipped everyone's ass. I played Top Skater, Skee Ball, and Time Crisis, and Crazy Taxi. It was a dark, dingy. The rugs were worn out forever, covered in a layer of sand. It was a happy place. They tore it down and built oceanfront McMansions that are eyesores and too close together. I miss that place. Uh, and finally, from Red Rock 963 who always comes through in the clutch, it's... Hey, VGA, it is Red Rock 963 coming back after taking a little bit of time off because I've been very busy getting my mini consoles lined up. As you can see, an idea that I kind of got from Chris talking about having conversation huh. pieces and stuff. I am insanely proud of them, and thank you for the idea, Chris. Um, As far as mom-and-pop video stores, uh, my hometown of Wichita had one called Yesterday's Discs. And it was kind of a mishmash of everything. It was CDs, video games. Um, I remember them having, like, a tub of anime VHSs that you could go through and... To truth be told, those were way too expensive for me, but um, I did manage to pick up 
these two bad boys. They're my uh, original copies of Wild Arms 1 and 2. And um, kind of a funny story that I regret a little bit was that I passed up on Sweet Code 2 to pick up these two because these two were like 20 bucks each and Sweet Code 2 was 40 bucks. And at the time I was like, oh, I'll get one, two games for the price of one because Sweet Code 2 will always be around. And yeah, kind of kicking myself for that one. But fortunately, yesterday's disc kind of went the way of the dodo and I really miss him. Um, there's a store now called Vintage Stock that I like going to, but it's not mom and pop. It's kind of a chain, but still has kind of the same vibe. But R.A.P. yesterday's discs will always be missed. Anyway, have a good week. Stay safe. I hope you guys are staying healthy, and I'll catch you later. Nice. Little hey. known fact. Little Thank known fact. There is a there's a porn shop next door to yesterday's discs that sells used dildos called Yesterday's Dicks. And nope. people get them confused nope. all the time. That's some low-hanging fruit right there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm shaking my head. I, I want you to realize that. Uh, no, I love Wild Arms. I, I also never played the Sui Coding games, which was very fun because I talked to Michael about those games before. Yeah. Uh, never played them, but really? I have played a lot of Wild Arms. Wild Arms is such a tremendous series. Uh, very fun. Yes. Soundtrack alone. The soundtrack's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, new question of the week. Um, no, I got this. And don't cut this out. Uh, what's the best Game Gear game slash... Uh, do Black Lives Matter or not? Jesus or yes. Like, let us know. Yes, they do. Let us know in the comments. All right. Uh, <laughs> fine. Uh, the best Game Gear game... I've, I've actually never played a Game Gear game, but it is the same as the Sega Master System. Literally just transposed into different hardware. Uh, so I'm going to say Zillion, the game that always captivated me whenever I'd see a Sega Master System game stall in a store in the late 80s. And yes, of course, Black Lives Matter. Someone else go. I'm going to say Black Lives Matter and like just channeling my father. Uh, the best Game Gear game is the one you don't play, son. Let's camp. <laughs> incorrect. So, of course, Black Lives Matter. And if you think opposite... Uh, please never follow me. And don't consume <laughs> we anything. are weeding but, you out. We're, we're baiting <laughs> consume, you. Don't consume. Don't consume anything that I do. Um, uh, and also Sonic and Tails. So Sonic and Tails is a tremendous game. Oh, you, you, you ever want to play Sonic Two and say, "Hey, I want this on the go." Just play enormous, beautiful game, <laughs> Sonic and Tails. It looks so good mm-hmm. on a L, an LCD portable screen, which, by the way, had it before Nintendo did. I'm just saying, the Game Gear, yes, it needed six batteries, and yes, those six batteries would last for like three, like maybe three hours, but if you had a charge cable, you were good to go. Um, so, that's my Game Gear mm. uh, pr- propaganda. Did the charge cable come with the Game Gear, though, or did you have to it buy it separately? It did not. You had, to, you had to buy it separately. So it was like the Atari Lynx that way. I've never played the Lynx, but yes. I would say yes. I have one. It's literally mm. an albatross around my neck. I, I'm going to go with <laughs> one that I know Michael and Chris were bad mouthing earlier. Um, uh, the only game game that I've ever played is Columns, or as uh, Tetris creator Alexei Padutnov calls it. What? How does he pronounce it, Michael? Columns. He pronounced it Columns. Columns. When I had an interview with him years ago. 
the thing I called in our chat the Hitler of puzzle games. Like, uh, it's literally the worst. No, he like, likes if, it. If, you, if, you, if you like it, if you like it, you either stand to gain from it or you were held captive by it. You, like, you know how I know you're old, Matt, is you're standing for columns. Oh. <laughs> like also, the, never forget that, like, you know, I asked him, like, oh, is there anything else you want to talk about? And he's like, I, the, the, he he didn't like the idea that game developers should give their games away for free and beg like paupers at the steps of the church. <laughs> like that is a man from the Soviet Union yeah. right there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know what? Uh, fine. Best game gear is Hexic, uh, which was created by Alexei Petchinov. Yeah. Was was, was Petchinov was not on Game Gear, but hey, Hexic was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. All right, so. What is your favorite Game Gear game, assuming you're still listening at this point, which, Jesus God, why would you be? Uh, let us know. Go to vidjagamepocalypse.com, answer in the comments for episode 370, or hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook, or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show, which I promise will be video game-centric again. Uh, anyway... Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this point. Um, Trav, do you have anything you want to plug? Maybe your podcast, which we should have gotten at the very beginning. So, yeah, I, I do a podcast called PNB. I do it with Kayla Zumbaum, Robert Beach, Brandon Lundy, and Della Tierney. Uh, we've been doing it for almost 10 years now. We're coming up on episode 200. Uh, but I did – so – I wanna, I wanna, uh, I wanna promote the podcast I just recently did, and I'm gonna promote my other podcast in a second. Uh, I just recently did with Dan Emmerich. Uh, oh, nice. Dan Emmerich is Hero uh, Falls, baby. HeroFalls.com. So, he is, he is an unknown treasure of vi the video game press. I love Dan Emmerich so much, and I and I tell this story in the podcast. I'm gonna say it here. Uh, when I first started doing podcast stuff, Dan was the first ever guest I got, and I didn't realize it was the guy I had been reading since I was six years old wow. uh, and Game Pro. Um, I love Dan Emmerich to death, and I've interviewed Dan Emmerich 20 million times, and I will continue to do it. And I have a really cool project that I don't want to talk about yet, but it's something that um, he gave me his blessing for, and we're going to try to make sure we get it, make it happen. So I'm going to do more things with him, but I just want to really support that. And then also, my other podcast that I do, which is called Live from the Pool House, uh, which we've had Chris, yes. we've had uh, Matt uh, on, and it is uh, me and Celia Ballantyne, who is one of the most... Uh, just tremendous people I've ever met in my life. Uh, we talked episode to episode about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And if you're looking for a Wikipedia down to article like way of looking at Fresh Prince, that is not it. We are talking about this show with the experience of a black man and an indigenous native uh, Canadian woman about how the show made us feel. So that is what that show pitches. Um, and I love it. I love looking at that show. And she's tremendous. And like I said, we've had Chris. Uh, in the future, we will have Matt. And we will have Sarah. And it's been one of the greatest things. And I, I want to get every host on the Laser Time Network yeah. on there. because I'd, so I'd volunteer myself, but I have literally never watched that show. Again, you don't have to. Sarah, right. and I'm sorry, right. Sarah, if I'm putting but you Sarah out there. But Sarah has watched Sarah some had, of it. <laughs> I have never watched any of no, it. She, no, she hadn't, Michael. <laughs> no, she had not, no. Oh, okay. So you are fine to come well, on. Well, I stand corrected All right, on. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, those are my plugs. Also, 
I'm going to do a giant bomb thing. Um, Abby Russell is doing a charity screen. Charity stream um, for Close of Change is the charity, and I'm going to do that. And I'm very excited, and I'm very nervous, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to fuck something up. So those are my plugs. You definitely will. You'll probably say We're Back at Dinosaur Story is better than Land Before Time. It, I mean, like, it is, you can't not okay. do that. Um, it is. <laughs> well, the good news is if you have a heated gaming moment, you're okay to say that, TL, so you're fine. Uh, don't, yeah, yeah, that, okay. <laughs> I would like to plug, uh, I, I meant to do it on, on, on 302010, we didn't acknowledge a patron on that show either, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Zach Beeson on his birthday. Oh, shit, Zach Beeson, when is his birthday? Uh, last week. Oh. Uh, but, 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 but I just, I, I that dude has been around me more than some of my relatives. Oh. I've been in more I've been in better contact with him with some of my relatives. Um so I yeah, mad love. Um would love to plug Patreon, but I would rather plug Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Donate mm, to Black uh, Lives I, Matter, donate to the NAACP, uh mm-hmm. donate to go to go to actblue.com that or is it but the best way to do that is go to patreon.com slash no sure um but no, no, they, no, no. They, i believe it's actblue.org actblue.org yes thank you they have a <laughs> bunch of things you can you can give to 60 plus bail funds across the country uh that's pretty great um show the country show the country that the guy nobody elected and has given nothing to any of us yeah. really nothing why, Remember George why are w. we Bush? in this situation what sin did we commit this is George, like an insult George w. every Bush was fucking like, like, day hey i want y'all to like me here's a thing where i get telemarketers not to call you what's donald trump's version of that <laughs> it doesn't exist somebody said ever since the cubs won the world series the nation has been in a fucking hellscape uh it, they won the world series in in 2016 uh, right before the last election, hmm, something else happened oh. that year. Weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. look, look, guys. Yeah, twenty sixteen was like the worst year on record until twenty twenty. Honestly, no. Twenty fourteen was the worst like, year. Carrie Fisher's death and and uh, her mother's death. Like that still makes me cry when I think about it. My God. Look, I love to yell and admire his perspective, but if he's going to keep bringing up sports, we can't have him on also hey you can also um, if you give if you give into Black Lives Matter please do that if you give into those charities mm-hmm. please do that also um, find a charity uh, from a person from a black person I'm not just, you know also from people of color but a black person find a Patreon that they run uh, find black contract creators and help give that it is not easy for us um, to move forward um, to to make a living doing content creation and there's a lot of great ones that do it um i know people uh, love austin creed and i love austin creed austin everyone loves austin people. creed if you don't love austin <laughs> um, creed you're a bad person <laughs> but austin creed doesn't do up, up down down if he wasn't a professional wrestler right mm. so let's start allowing people who grew up with the same stuff that you love and allowing them to push forward and, and I, I i know i did my plugs but i want to plug one more thing that's my buddy uh byron uh, byron who's been on on the show before uh i believe it's bron underscore 117 i could be completely wrong i do apologize i'll get that fixed if i am wrong uh but he does great twitch channels he does uh great youtube cre- uh, content creation stuff so please 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 uh please um support that support us 
uh, black people who are doing this content stuff because we we want to be in this space. We want to be in the gaming space. And for you to, to realize what we go through, you have to see us as everybody else. So we, I want you to continue to support us. Thank you so much for being a part of this show, Trev. Yeah, thanks to you. Oh. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, I'll just re- reiterate, um, go check out TL's other stuff on the PN- PNB podcast. He does a lot of great shows over there. There's a little something for everybody, so so check that out. And then I want to plug my co-host, Michael Raparz's birthday. Birthday is a doodly-doo. Happy birthday, Michael. Thank you. He's thank you, thank you. 50! 50 years old. <laughs> I'm 42. <laughs> it's the I worst feeling in the world. Yeah. <laughs> It's just me saying I, I need you to be older than me, and I turn forty. Yeah, I, I'm always older than count. you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Yes, I am the young. I am the young laser time person right now. That wow, makes me happy. How old are you, Trev? I will be thirty four this wow. year. Wow, congratulations! Well, not if you include <laughs> Jeremy and Adam, who do um, pa- uh, Padukin, Tweakalicious, and Sick of Star Wars. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Okay, yes, you're right. I'm not yeah, the youngest. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I please I didn't mean to throw it in your face, I was just throwing it a plug. Please, <laughs> let's not argue. <laughs> Alright, well thanks for listening everybody. That's been our show. Oh my god, if you made it to this point you deserve some sort of prize. Maybe we'll figure something out. Uh, as always you can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Can you plug directly into your internet, TL? Uh, I am directly into my internet. Oh. Yeah, he's not breaking up on my end. Yeah, me either. Could you stop? Um, could you please stop your trigun torrent? I don't have anything. <laughs> I have no torrent. Why would I torrent trigun? There's so many ways to actually see trigun. <laughs> Why would I torrent it? Hmm.